Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 30 of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in the UK, and 9 a.m. in Central US. If you missed the podcast, you can catch up with the whole show as I re-upload it every Sunday to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or check out the audio-only version, which is available on Google Play Music and on iTunes. So this week, we're trialing a new way to capture our audio. So we'd be really, really interested to know your feedback on how it sounds. So let us know in the comments or leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really love to hear your feedback. If you've got any questions or comments during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Mm -hmm. So if you're new to the show, which I have no idea why you would be, but let me introduce you to this group of gunters. First up, some people say that this guy is the Santa Claus of VR, or should I say Sinticlaus, because everywhere he goes, he gives presents to people. <laughs> it is, of course, Nathy. How you doing, man? You are right? I am Santa Wait. Claus. I yeah. am. Right? How did you, how did you say say it, uh, Mike? Like in the Dutch Sint version? Sinticlaus. Sinticlaus. I'd love to know. Tell me. It comes Sinticlaus. Sinterklaas. Oh, right, so it's not Klaus. <laughs> it's oh, not you were Sinti, talking about... It's Sinter. Oh, I... So he was talking about the Dutch version of Santa Claus. I, I didn't even know this was like a strange accent you were pulling out there. But, but I appreciate the effort there. But yes, I am Santa Claus. You know, if you see me, I have candy. I have uh, VR headsets. You know, I just take them with a sack on my back. And then it's like, you know, if you see me, then you're the lucky one. And, and it depends on what I have. Uh, to offer at that moment you know it could be a micro it could be uh, a pimax if that fits into my uh, sack uh, could a, be some uh, ready player one merch right you're giving well, yeah, away uh, yeah, right ready now I do. so if you want to join my giveaway then then go to my channel and uh, you can win underwear uh, caps uh, funko pop stuff like that but hey uh, yeah but i'm doing fine thank you for asking <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome <laughs> <laughs> this next guy, he has made it as a VR VIP. He's getting invited to premieres. He's getting free popcorn. He has made it in life. It is, of course, our resident rowdy guy. How are you doing, mate? You're right. I'm doing great, buddy. I'm doing great. Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun to be uh, to be getting invited, and especially the huge bag of popcorn. I normally don't eat any popcorn, uh, so yeah, that was a, a big assignment for me to finish that one. But yeah, I'm I'm doing great. Yeah, good to hear it, man. Some say that this next guy, he should be, uh, should have been in the pod race in Star Wars, as he is the true anti-gravity racing champion. It is, of course, Ra uh, Zimtok Five. How are you doing? Zim 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 it happens to the best of us, Mike. It's okay. I'm yeah, good. I'm good. I actually. Zim, how are you doing? I I was expecting to be at least somewhat nauseated um, after mm. my nearly seven hour run of, of Wipeout yesterday, but uh, wow, well, tip my hat to you. Perfectly fine. Uh, you can call me Ironsides from now on. Yeah, that's I got, true. I got my VR legs. You certainly do. You certainly do. And last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Wipeout, the Omega Collection on PSVR. Can your eyeballs keep up with this fast and furious anti-gravity racer? Who knows? We'll soon find out. The HTC Vive Pro, the team has been tirelessly testing this headset. Does it live up to the hype? We'll soon find out. And also our Ready Player One spoiler cast. Uh, we've all been searching for the elusive Easter egg this week, and we'll give our thoughts on the movie. But we'll be clear before we go into any spoilers, so don't worry. You can continue watching the show, and we'll be 
alter like superbly clear when uh, we're going to talk about spoilers so don't worry hang on in there for now so uh let's start off the show with finding out what everyone's been up to this week we're going to keep this sort of short and sweet this week narrow it down to sort of one game one experience per person uh because sometimes these kind of eat up a lot of our time and then we have to drop uh topics later on in the show so let's kick it over to rowdy first find out what you're up to this week dude uh i'd love to know yeah, I'm actually, I haven't been able to play this much this week also because of the premiere. Uh, I've played uh, a game of the, the Wizards. Uh, the, I've played a Wizard game called uh, Once. Uh, I've played that one. Mm. Um, and then uh, I've played Combat Tested. And that is one that I actually really enjoyed. It's one with uh, you have telekinetic powers and you can like lift things up and like throw them back down. You can like, like uh, uh, make swords like appear in your hands. And they're like some kind of energy sword that you can like uh, throw away as well. But the, the neat part of it is really like the, the kinetic kind of stuff. Like you, you have like enemies and you're way overpowered. Like it's ridiculous how much power you have. And you have like other ones that come at you with like guns. But what you can literally do is just like pick them up and then throw them into the wall and then throw them into the other wall. And it's, it's a lot of fun to be doing that. You also have like certain power-ups. Uh, there's not a lot to the game yet in, in, in its entirety. It's mostly doing that. But it's so much fun to do that. So yeah, that's, that's nice. pretty much what I played. And I played around with the, with the Vive Pro, of course. Cool, cool. I'm looking forward to your thoughts on the Vive Pro, definitely. So that, this game you were talking about, what is it called again? Combat Tested. Okay, cool. And this is a Steam title, I take it? Uh, yeah, it's a Steam title. I actually don't know if it's also on uh, the Oculus Rift. I'll look that up for you. Okay, cool, the, cool. I got a question for, for him. Uh, how does the name link? Because Combat Tested to me sounds like like an Onward-like game. It doesn't sound like a game where you've got mm. special powers. The, the story goes a little bit that you wake up in a laboratory and they've been doing some tests on you. And those tests have surrendered you with like these kind of like telekinetic powers. But you have escaped... And now the, the main goal of the game is basically going from like minus 30, which because is like an underground kind of lab, up until like the first floor and then escape the facility. That's a little bit... Sounds like, ooh, that's like Resident Evil, isn't it? Where yeah, you come well, up from underneath. I love that kind yeah, of stuff. It, it, it kind of like, you know, I think it's a little bit inspired by that. Uh, not, of course, with the telekinetic powers, uh, since they feel really different, but uh, like the, the setting indeed, yeah. And I just looked it up on Steam. It's indeed on Oculus Rift as well, but I don't know if it's on the Oculus Wait. Store. Wait, so you can, oh, okay. you can escape in this game. It's This this sounds, to me, Rowdy, like a futuristic prison boss game. Yeah, who knows? I don't know if you can actually escape because I haven't gotten that far. Maybe, maybe it's just oh. at the end, like, great, you can escape now, which is possible yeah. because it's a very, very plain game at the moment. Cool, cool. No, that sounds super interesting. So uh, what about you, Zim? What have you been up to this week? A um, couple of titles. I'll say what I played and then I'll go into one of them. So um, the main ones I've played are Wipeout Omega, I mentioned. So free VR pass, yeah. that one. Uh, Arc Park. Um, Worlds at War, which is like a helicopter sim, uh, which yeah. I thought was like a, a military helicopter sim, but actually ends up being like aliens are invading and you got to blow them away, which looks very pretty very very limited gameplay in that one um and and the last one was uh, shadow core vr which i played multiplayer so okay out of those i'll touch on arc park because yeah that was one, one i was, I was, was gonna say i was i was expecting to just shine all over it um and say this is terrible it, like all that it's actually not awful um and i found i think i think anyone with kids is going to find that it's it's very good there's actually a lot more to it than I was expecting there to be. Um, so it's not just skin deep. And there was a bit where you get these dinosaur miniatures and the miniature, you throw them 
And then they blow up into a giant dinosaur that scared the shit out of me because there was a T-Rex. I just like, I'm like, all oh, right, a cute little thing. And I threw it. And like some of the dinosaurs you can pick up um, and they just like wiggle in your hands like this cute little animal. So if they had taken, I haven't gone too deep into the game, but we spent maybe an hour and a half at it. And uh, my wife and I both played and, and actually it's got a lot of very good animations. I think someone who's you know, a single player looking for an experience that's really going to satiate their desire for like a dinosaur game, like Rowdy, probably won't be so much for them. But I think for Rowdy people who are, games. who are more uh, dip, yeah. dipping their toes in, I, I, I think it's okay as a, as a, as a taster. I, I but, played um, it as well, and, and I agree with price. you. Uh, it's, it's, in, it's indeed like at full price is a little bit, meh, I don't yeah. know if I should buy it. Half that but price there are okay. a few things that are indeed very well done. I think the thing that I enjoyed most of it was the train ride at the beginning. Like you get oh, really? on a train and you, 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 you're speeding towards a park and you have like this jets that fly by and you have like a Mosasaurus that like jumps out of the water. I think that was really, really cool. And you also have like those forest trails where you can get and ride on a dinosaur and you like, you see like all those kind of things. I think that stuff is neat, but all like the shooting so wait, and that kind of stuff for me. So yeah. you can ride on the dinosaur. I'm sold. So you can ride on the back of a, like a Velociraptor or a T-Rex or whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. this game out. <laughs> well, the first one was a bit more like um, once you got in. It's so funny because I like I, I started playing the game and I was like, "Well, great! That's just a fucking museum with the dinosaurs around, and this is so boring." That and then boring. my wife goes in, she like unlocks this level system and starts going level to level. There's a whole progression in it, um, mm -hmm. which actually at one stage gets quite infuriating. You're trying to figure out how to unlock certain puzzles, so. I would actually call it as kind of like a museum slash puzzle game. And that first sequence that you just mentioned, Rowdy, I ha I still have an issue because anyone who's played the original Half-Life, if you're on a train ride like that into a city or whatever, you're just like, fucking copycats. I mean, it was 15 years ago, but I'm still like, you bloody copycats. That was Half-Life's thing. You can't have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So that's, that's what I'm I'm not like that. Cool. <laughs> was, there, was, there, was there also mysterious man like like in your in your sights talking to you? Like, hey, Zim, Zim, you know, like <laughs> Mr. Zim, like that or, or nothing? I am so confused. I'm going to assume you with the, you with the candy. And the white van outside. So no, I don't think. Quite <laughs> but like, okay. just 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 touching the on Art Park quickly. Like, um, place. did you play it? Like, <laughs> uh, no, I haven't played it, but it sounds kind of interesting. But a lot of uh, criticism that I've heard is essentially boils down to being a wave shooter at heart, right? Is that is that correct? So or there's not? a bit. No, there's only like a module that's wave shooter. And actually, I find right. that it feels so wrong because the, the first bits that you do in the game, if you do it in sequence, <laughs> you do all the bits where you see like the cute dinosaurs, almost like pets. And then they yeah. have you shoot the dinosaurs. My wife was like, this is just wrong. And I was like, I feel the same way. I'm just gunning down these cute dinosaurs. What yeah. the yeah. fuck is going you need on to here? Hatch. Like, you need to bring like an egg and like bring it to the incubator. Yeah. Like, so they, oh, this is, we need this to kill all of them now. <laughs> it's so bad. That is so cruel. First, you have like a friendship with a fun dinosaur. And then the next moment, you need to kill it. And it's forcing you to do it, I guess. I need a Barney mod. That's all I'm, that's going to make the game for me. Just put yeah. Barney I, in there and then we're good. I also haven't Everyone's played it yet, but uh, I, like as Mike said, like not only the wave shooter was a part where people were like I think it's it's not that bad. Like in the end, it turned out to be a pretty good game and where you can do all kinds of stuff. But I heard mm -hmm. like you know teleportation and and maybe also performance issues, sounds that kind of and, and and things like that are kind of the deal breaker here, right? Yeah, there, there's some there's some redeeming value to it. It's certainly not a must buy. And it's just it's overpriced at the moment. It's just yeah. kind of it's overpriced. I think if it was if it was fifteen quid or fifteen or twelve pounds or something, 
I'd be fine with it at that price. But yeah. 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 It kind Most of reminds of me of um, the Island 359 because like there were yeah. some really cute dinosaurs in that that made this really cute sound. They're like jumping yeah. towards you. Oh. And I'm just like, boom, like the chicken, blowing them away. The chicken <laughs> that was so wrong. Yeah, that's so wrong. Especially that's, actually, um, that's another one that I think they, they keep adding to it. And uh, the base game, initially I thought, God, this looks, looks like a wave shooter. It's actually a bit of fun. Island 359 yeah. is actually a bit of fun. Uh, they recently sent me like the Vive trackers, so now I can like attach them to my feet and then I like, kick the dinosaurs as well. That's going to be fun. Are you, ki- are you kidding? Is that actually yeah. possible? You can do that. You can do that. You can Holy kick God. a dinosaur in the face. Uh, with um, Island 359, yeah. Yeah, there's some life goals right there. Play, Kick a dinosaur play, in the face. With the small dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, what about you, Nathie? What have you been up to this week, dude? Well, I need to keep it short, right? Yeah, okay. I, I played Kim. <laughs> oh, you, did you like it? Is that, is, that, is that like, that's my summary. No, but uh, that's just a joke, of course. <laughs> it was uh, very funny. Um, but yeah, uh, Kim is, uh, is an indie title by a, a Dutch development studio who also made a search, a, a music experience for the DK2 uh, they also made Apex. Uh, it's, it's like one of those classic. Uh, and they also made something where you could walk around on Mars. It was like the first actual oh, yeah, like DK1 demo that. where you could walk on Mars and you could just walk around a bit. It was like simple, but they made Kin and it's a third person platformer game. So it you can add it to the lineup of uh, Lucky Steel and then Mars and then Edge of Nowhere and Kronos, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's a very colorful game. Uh, the story is getting told through like animations and, and you're just looking from above. There is not really like with Moss, you kind of had that connection where you actually play a character too. You know, you're like a, a guardian, a ghost that, that just looks at how Moss, the, you know, the, the quill, the mouse is just walking around. Um, but with like Kin, it's just, you know, it, the story tells itself by just what you do and what you play. And it sometimes has like a cutscene. And it's it's a simple platform where you have like one big like for example cube where you have like different levels where you need to jump over and you need to fight different enemies and it just progresses by itself. But it's 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 a fun game. It's one of those hidden gems on Oculus Home that no one really knows about. That I always like think is a shame because they should definitely promote more games mm-hmm. like the ones that kind of fall behind. But it's nice. Mm. It is. Of course, like third-person platformers are still like a, a niche and not everyone is a big fan of that. But seriously, mm. if you've never tried a third-person VR game before, just go give it a try and, and then say what you think about it. Because people are always like, yeah, but I'm on a 2D screen. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't see the potential. But, you know. I think Moss really changed my view on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if I'm talking about Moss. Like, um, you know, I was lucky uh, this week, you know, if you if you guys followed the video, like me and Nathy were in VidCon last week and we were there together and he was kind enough to give me a PSVR. So I'm like super fortunate. Like, thanks very much, dude, again for like the PSVR. It was like such a ball ache getting it through the airport, but it was like totally worth it. Obviously, That's amazing. That's exactly gift. what I thought about when I saw it. I was uh, like, Mike is going to not have the space for that yeah. thing. Yeah, no, it was totally fine, like getting it through in the end. Um, but yeah, so as soon as I got home, I uh, ordered myself a PS4 Pro. I got like the white version, so it looks like really cool. Um, and got it all set up within a couple of days. And uh, yeah, I've been playing around with the PSVR. And, and so far, like my initial impressions are, are really, really good. Like they weren't that high, like my expectations. But actually like trying it, uh, I was very impressed actually how it what, stacks up. What do you like, think PSVR. actually of uh, the image clarity in the lenses? Very nice. It's very nice and then, right? 
It, it is, it is. And I'm not quite sure how they do it because I haven't researched it that much myself yet because um, I'm going to do a video on it in the future of how it compares to the other headsets that I've tried. But I don't know if it's because they use a single panel over using dual panels that they can get that image clarity. and They and don't, that they don't that use sort of... Fresnel lenses. That is a, yeah, a big thing already. Exactly. Makes a big difference. Right. So you, actually go back to, you actually go back to like DK2 days, right? Yeah. Right, right. They don't use right. Fresnels. And yeah. also the uh, pixel density, they have, I think, Every pixel is again divided in three more subpixels, which means that right. you actually have more um, more clarity in your screen uh, that way. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, I thought it looked super nice. Like as soon as you get that sweet spot, yeah. Yeah. really, really impressive. And, um, and very I think the only, too, you know, like like in, in yeah. terms of brightness and contrast, it's very, very uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, just setting it up was fairly straightforward. You just connect it to your, your PlayStation 4 or your PlayStation 4 Pro. I think the only niggles I had really with the setup procedure was that um, the the eye camera that comes with it, the cable is fairly short. So uh, I had to buy like an extension cable to extend it up yeah. to two meters um, to put it like... Mm. I, I, the thing is like, it's probably quite unusual for someone having to do that because they just probably mount it on their TV or whatever where they have their like uh, setup. But um, for me, it's a bit awkward. But I got one of those and it, since then it's been fine. And then also the link box, like the link box is like when you're standing up, it kind of is around your knee area. And it's such a weird place for a link box to be like. Uh, so that was a bit strange as well. But I that's that's the one Zim showing it on camera right now. Um, but I think from the the new model of the PSVR, they've actually extended that cable. So you don't have that issue anymore. So it's just with the uh, OG PS, PSVR. Um, but no, I've, I've been uh, really, really uh, pleasantly, ple pleasantly surprised of how it performs. And uh, I bought a few games as well. So I've got Moss. Uh, I've got Static uh, because Rowdy recommended that one on the show. And uh, it looked really interesting. And uh, when I jumped into it and tried it for about five minutes, I thought this is a game I'm really going to enjoy because it's kind of... Your hands are like stuck in the box for those that don't know yeah. about static yeah. and you can look around the box and it's all based on the controller inputs, but it's so cleverly done like uh, the puzzle elements in that game. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, I've also got Farpoint with the uh, the PS aim controller because that was the second part of Nathie's uh, very kind gift. And um, and then as uh, I'd got the, the, the PlayStation set up, Wipeout literally just launched. So of <laughs> course I tried that out as well. Best time ever. Um, yeah, it was really good timing. So, uh, but we'll obviously talk about Wipeout a bit more in a minute. So, yeah, like overall first impressions of the PSVR, very, very good. Um, and also later on, we're going to be talking about some sweet deals that have just come out for the PSVR oh, yeah. as well. So, if you haven't got one and you've got a PS4 or a Pro, then now is a great time it's, to pick it's one, one up. One of those we'll moments again. Hello? It is completely. Hello? But the great thing about this uh, sale, which we'll talk about shortly, is that it's open up to uh, Europe as well. So hey. we're no longer being left out, which hey. is uh, really, really nice. Oh, and, and, and the best part here, I'm also going to say, because Chad has said it, and I have to underline the same thing. It says, Mike needs to play Resident Evil 7 on PSVR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, I do totally. Like I, I would totally play that on the on the PSVR. But the only thing I don't have right now is the uh, move controllers. Do you need that to play Resident Evil? You no. don't need it. No, no, no. I didn't. I right. played it with DualShock. I think. Okay. Oh, you can play it with the DualShock. Yeah. Have you There's guys heard like the? Have you guys heard the rumor of Resident Evil uh, getting yep. maybe VR support on like Steam as well? Yeah, I've heard. I did hear that. Yeah. PCification might be coming soon. Yeah. I feel like I've been waiting for it my whole life. Our, our source is Paradise DK, so we, you never know. You know, never know. But let's 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 uh, see and uh, find they, out what they, happens. They but that could be cool. They are bringing it out. They'll have to, right? So I mean, it has to come. Have some... to. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah. They can just just well, it's totally. not as easy as putting a USB stick into some kind of Steam uh, server. But you know, it's it's let's say it's fairly easy <laughs> to do it. 
yeah yeah and the thing is as well like it was playstation that paid for the exclusive so that exclusivity must oh, yeah. be running out soon surely yeah that's also yeah. yeah that's the thing as well yeah true that's the counter, so that's, uh, counter kind of rumor that I've heard, though, is that maybe the uh, exclusivity has been extended another year. That's what I'd heard, yeah, but I, heard that I don't know well. if it just came out of space, you know? Someone could just have said that on Reddit or something. Yeah, yeah. So let's dive into our first topic of this week's show, and that is Wipeout the Omega Collection on the PSVR. So this week, there was a free update to Wipeout the Omega Collection on the PlayStation 4, adding support to the PSVR. And uh, as I literally just got a PSVR, obviously thanks to Nathy, I thought it'd be an awesome time to jump into the game and check it out. So I bought it on the PSN. Uh, if you're interested in picking it up yourself, you can pick it up on the PlayStation Network. Uh, it's $29.99 in British pounds. $39.99 in US dollars. If you pick up the physical copy, like on Amazon or from like a, a, a shop, then it's a little bit cheaper. Like you're going to save yourself a couple of quid, a couple of bucks. Um, but you can also pick it up secondhand and then just have the free update as well. So you can actually you get save a few- half price at the moment in game for £14. Oh, really? Yeah. So if, you're, okay. if, you're, if you happen to be in the that's UK, a great then that's a very good price. I had someone yesterday on my stream literally go out, buy it and come back while I was still streaming. <laughs> nice yeah. nice like 14 pounds is a great a great price for that game because so much content because you've not only you've got like yeah wipeout 2048 wipeout hd and wipeout fury all in one bundle and you can play all of them in vr like as soon as you just fire up the game you put a vr headset on like the psvr the whole menu system everything's in vr so they've they've done an amazing job bearing in mind this is like a free update um and I love it when devs do this, you know, like a, a pancake game, they update it with VR support. And then if you own it and a VR headset, then you're just getting like a, a juicy bonus, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas other sort of devs seem to sort of say, oh, no, you can only you have to rebuy the game that you bought in a, can- a pancake version just to buy the VR version. And the thing uh, is, there's also a difference between, between the games, of course. I think it, it will be a little bit more intrusive to make it to be making a game like Skyrim VR than it is a, a, a racer. I think that's uh, that's already a difference in terms of uh, development. Yeah. yeah, think about well, the quality, I, maybe, right? I mean, you have to check every mesh in the entire game. For Sky, I mean, that is enormous work for a QA team to do. Whereas, oh, I'm going to basically VRify my cockpit or third-person camera and make sure that that works. And there are some bits of it. For instance, if you're sitting in the cockpit and you look sky high, you can see that the animated uh, planes that are flying over you stop at a certain position because... because that really? Yeah, because you can't. So, I mean, there's, there's things like that that have missed, let's say, the VRification boat. But there's only so far you can go um, with it. But I did f- find that the one thing that stood out to me, two things that stood out to me very strongly um, in comparison to other VRified games. Firstly, the op- the options that they have for comfort that are on by default in that, there's a good range of options and you can switch them off and on and all. But there's about eight different settings, which most VRified games don't get. They usually get a very light touch. So that was nice. And the second thing that I thought was really impressive was the fact that you can float in your cabin. So you can lock your uh, camera to the pilot instead of the ship. And if you do that, then it feels like you're on a bloody boat. And it's a little bit dizzying for the first maybe five minutes, even for those of us with VR legs. But once you get it, it's awesome feeling like you're actually in this hovercraft. Very cool. Mike's like, nope. Did you play it that way? Yeah, played that way for six and a half hours. You are mental. I don't know how you do it because I, I tried it uh, and and it instantly almost hit me like the nausea. And this is the thing, like I was I was quite surprised because I'm quite susceptible to motion sickness, surprisingly, even though I've like played a lot of VR stuff. But um, 
there was a ton of warnings at the beginning, like, yeah, this is a really intense game. It's very like susceptible to motion sickness. So I was like, oh, well, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. Played it and I was like, wow, this is really comfortable to play, actually. It didn't have any motion sickness at all. So then I started playing around with the settings a bit like you did and locked the camera to the uh, pilot uh, view, played it, and I was like, oh, dear God. Like, I need to stop this, like, immediately. <laughs> it hit uh, why me so that? fast. Why is that? Why Why does that hit you more like the pilot view? Like, why? what, what is so special about so that? They're very, very clever, like Zim says, the way they've set it up by default. So your head is locked to the cockpit, so you don't have to, you don't, you know, if you move your head around, it's just locked to that single position. And then basically the HUD is stays in a central place. And then when you start the race, some blinkers come down to block out your peripheral vision. So movement isn't going oh, in your peripheral, okay. peripheral vision. And then, so you're just focused on the track. And although it's really fast and really intense, it's actually quite comfortable. Like mm-hmm. the, the ship rotates around the, the, the locked HUD. So it actually feels fine uh, to play it that way. But to, to play it locked to the pilot's head, you must be mental. I don't Mike, know how you do Mike that. Mike is I not really going to believe my comment on this one. I find Wipeout to be painfully slow at the start. Yeah. It's a very paced beginning. Until you're about three hours into the unlocks, it doesn't really get very fast. Uh, I'm comparing it to the best PC equivalent I can compare against. And actually, my preference of the two is called Redout. Uh, which has a whole full span of tracks, which I like the music, the track design, the car design, and just overall gameplay-wise better. And it's faster and it's more hardcore. So actually, I find Wipeout to be a, a quite a big step back, but I'd never played a Wipeout game before. I'm a big fan of F-Zero, uh, as I said, Redout, and yeah. Wipeout is good. Uh, I mean, it's a solid game, and it's a great VRification of of the existing three games. And it plays very well. It, it's very it solid. Great. Um, the visuals yeah. are great. There's no frame drops or anything like that. The game is smooth as glass, um, which is nice. Yeah, really smooth. The online mode, I don't know if you hopped on online, but um, no. it feels very fair playing with online players. Like there's some people who are just like fucking awesomely good. Obviously there would be. Yeah, I bet. To yeah. Yeah. Is it crossplay with the VR and with the regular players as yes, well? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why I said like, it feels fair. Yeah. Say again? You don't feel at like a disadvantage, no, being in VR. You don't feel at like a disadvantage. No, I, I wouldn't say, no. I wouldn't say either. I wouldn't say more advantage. No, but it, it, it's like like Zim says, it's very fair, I think. Yeah. You it's know. not like, you know, you uh, find an advantage that you can, for example, look to your left when you're using, like, the, the pilot view or... Uh, like, uh, opposed to Zim, like, I thought it was really fast, like, just because I, I haven't played Wipeout for such a long time. I jumped in, I was like... I was, I was sitting there on the track, and it just went three, two, one, go, and I was like oh my days like this is awesome like it just felt really fast and then the bits where you were going up like vertical uh buildings and then dropping down the other side just felt amazing like really really great that's nice um but you know i was a huge fan of wipeout as a kid you know i remember trading in my super nintendo with a ton of games and like the super scope going into game and like picking up a playstation and wipe out the original one i remember getting at home and just thinking it was like the most futuristic looking thing i've ever seen in my life and the soundtrack was so good as well so it was really sort of like it hit me in the nostalgia feels like playing uh wipeout talking talking about that looking at the chat we have another person that has a little bit like nostalgic feelings going on like Crash Organism says, I loved Wipeout, the first one. Friends call around, linking PCs and smack-talking each other. And we also have someone who played the new one as well, the PlayStation VR version. That guy as well, VR says, I played with the blinders off and camera locked to pilot for hours. It's great. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Wow. See, 
See, I envy people that can do that, but like, I think everyone needs to understand that people have their limits. Like, even people that are like, yeah. you know, like, get, get into VR like me. Be broken, Mike. We will fix you. Well, that's true. We'll fix you. You're just going to see me on a, on, a, on, a, on a mess, heaving like a dog on the floor, like after a couple <laughs> of minutes. <laughs> This is what I, this is what I love about PlayStation VR. They don't play by the rules, you know. They have always gone for like the limits with VR. I'm sure others would be like, yeah, well, you know, let's maybe. So these well, titles are like, if you like well, speed, then I know what you're saying, Nathy, and I'm glad they have some balls. But I would also say they do something really painful, right? You have options there. You set them playing multiplayer, and they snap you into a, a race. Oh no. They, force blinders and stuff on on certain tracks where you can spin 180 so i, I don't know mike if you did that but there are com- there are combat races where as you're racing you literally within half a second you flip backwards and no. and you like you're combating back and forth so i no. like I, I i didn't feel anything doing that so i don't know i guess some people are susceptible to it but for me it was just like when we- it was great <laughs> Do you remember we played that uh, tractor game, tractor ball together? Like I, oh, I felt yeah. it then as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so like I, I think I'm just one of those people you that might just, just get extra it every susceptible to, to that kind of motion. Yeah. But the thing is that that locked a pilot motion, that seasickness almost motion of like this kind of wave. I can't say because I know the different feels of like for me, horizontal flat spin kills me. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter spins me yeah. in my chair twice around, and I will be on the floor being like, "Oh, daddy's got it," <laughs> you know. But but for the seasick motion, for me, whatever, other than being a little dizzying at first, I didn't actually yeah. get any nausea, which was which was really nice. I, the, the only yeah, game I jealous. ever had that in was uh, with uh, when I played Nate with together with Nathy, we played a uh, serious Sam. And oh, we, I remember that video. We hopped on the um, jumping one. We hopped on the, the trampolines, trampolines, but the trampolines yeah. they, they they threw you like twenty to thirty meters into the air. <laughs> oh right! So you don't you don't expect that <laughs> you go up and you go down. <laughs> yeah, and you start going down again. It was <laughs> hilarious. But that did throw me off, yeah. That's the only one. I remember seeing that video. I remember seeing that video. I can't believe how you guys... I still don't get how you guys do that. I've never never been so excited for, like, an old game in VR. (laughs) My God. Was that the first one, then? Was that Serious Sam, like, one or two? It was a very old school one. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, not like the the VR versions. eh? Like, you have, like, the... um, you have like the, the games that they made later that like yeah, the wave really shooter like, ones. Yeah, the wave shooter ones. This one oh. was more like the original Serious Sam, uh, yeah. but then in uh, in VR. Yeah, 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 was like VR, VR. yeah. which are actually really good. Uh, they're great multiplayer fun. Those. Yeah. Mm. So um, let's talk about the PSVR price drop because we're talking about Wipeout. It's sort of fairly relevant. So previously we mentioned on the show that the PSVR had dropped in the US, but now there's some uh, cross uh, sort of C uh, deals as well, international deals. So if you're in the US, in the EU, you can get in on this as well. So you obviously need a, a PS4 or a PS4 Pro to use this headset, but it's a great way of getting into VR. And as I've said, you know, uh, I was really pleasantly surprised about how it performs. So I don't think you'll be compromising uh, in any way if you sort of jump into PSVR compared to sort of PC VR headsets. Uh, I think the controllers maybe are the only limitation, but from some of the games that are PS4 exclusives, uh, so far they've been really You're saying great. that as a guy who hasn't used Move. I haven't. No, I haven't yet. So I will probably get some, um, but right now for all the games that I've got, I don't need them right now. So Lucky you. maybe when I... 
Yeah, maybe when uh, I buy uh, Resident Evil 7, I'll get some. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want a PSVR right now, here are some sweet, sweet deals. Mm. So uh, in the UK, let's start in the UK, uh, there is a starter bundle, which is available on Amazon. It's the PSVR headset with PlayStation Worlds and the camera that you need. And that is 259 quid. And that is like so ridiculously cheap in, for in this technology. Of, uh, price, quality, and the amount of fun that you get uh, from a VR headset. Yeah. PlayStation yeah. beats all of them out of the water. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. To- totally agree. I totally agree. So that is a great bundle if uh, you know, you're just interested in getting the headset and you're going to buy some downloadable yeah. games maybe. Um, then you've got the Doom VFR bundle, which was originally priced at $399, but has been reduced to $299, and that is £273. So you're talking about $300, just under 300 quid uh, for the Doom VFR bundle. So these these bundles, are they like getting sold through a, like a specific website? Because I have been your reporter on the road yesterday, and I checked some prices in the stores here. And, and I, I, I saw PlayStation VR like only uh, bundles where you only had the headset for, I don't know, like 350, 350 euros. euros. Uh, it should be cheaper than that. So, uh, like, are there, are these, so it's only like yeah. internet sales, not like store sales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because have a backlog uh, like that they still want to get rid of uh, before true. they exactly. But I usually exactly. don't see these deals in like the actual like uh, physical stores. stores. No. No, you're right, because um, I checked on, uh, like, Game is a big outlet in the UK, and I checked on their website, and they were still selling it at full price, whereas Amazon were selling it much cheaper. So if you're going to buy it, I'd say pick it up from Amazon, because I checked, and Amazon are running all these deals at this price. Um, but again, so yeah, there's you- that weird spin in the UK in particular. I don't know how the other countries are, but physical boxed games sometimes are less expensive than what you find online or the digital copy, maybe because of the ease. But for, for those of us gamers who've been around a long time, like, Gaming in the 90s or just after the millennium swung, getting a digital version for more than the boxed version feels really odd. But that seems to be the I way. never understood that. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, I never understood that. And I guess it's just a convenience that you don't have to go to a shop yes. and actually physically leave your house, um, that it's you pay also, extra for it. It's also probably because it's like an older price still. Like uh, that you, they, they have like a certain amount of numbers that they need to get rid of. Uh, and with a digital copy, there's no real cost into like storing these uh, these keys or these uh, anywhere else. They're always available. That's the reason why Steam does so a, well. This is the thing, right? Like I tried to find a physical copy of Moss, but you can't find a physical copy. It's just downloadable. Yeah, so, you know, same with Static as well. Like, you'd have to buy a downloadable code in the store to then take home and then unlock I, it. So. I, think, I think that indie developers do that often because they save themselves a cost with the production of all of these titles, right. which they then don't yeah, yeah, to, right. uh, calculate through to their customers. Yeah, yeah. that's... So yeah, so the the UK starter bundle was two five nine in British pounds. Doom VFR bundle was uh, two hundred ninety nine dollars, just under three hundred pounds at two hundred seventy three pounds. But also there is a Skyrim bundle. It's not available in the UK, but only available in the US. But it's a great bundle, and that includes Skyrim VR and also the uh, motion controllers, like the t- uh, the motion controllers, uh, the move controllers. Sorry, and that's um, three hundred forty nine dollars. Uh, uh, which is a great deal, I think, but that's not available in the UK. You have to buy a little that bit of a note on the move controllers, though, because I think these bundles include the older ones, which I have, which have the micro instead of mini, or sorry, mini instead of micro USB charge. So if you prefer, if you've right. got like Android devices and stuff, that's right. my biggest gripe. I'd almost buy another set just because you know I'm used to charging my Vive controllers, my battery packs, all that yeah. stuff on one set of chargers off the wall. 
And for those I have to have, because the PlayStation itself only has two USBs, one that you typically use for the headset, I find I, I stole my, you know, I stole my controller, my headset, I unplug the headset, I plug in the move controllers, they sit there, charge them. Yeah. It's kind of an annoying cable mess. So if you have the opportunity to buy the move controllers, the newer edition, it's got the better yeah. port. So it's a small thing. Right. If you're like me and you care about that convenience, then you might care about yeah. it. It's definitely worth noting because I wasn't aware of that. And also, um, I think most of these bundles that I'm talking about are going to be the original um, PSVR. So like like the, the little niggles that I was talking about earlier, the link boxes, um, you know, halfway down the cable. And, uh, you know, the, the newer version has a better audio system uh, implemented in it like a, and uh, it's more ergonomic. Um, so, you know, if, if you really want to get the new one, then spend a little bit of money. But also, like in terms of uh, console as well, uh, Zim, because you've had experience on both the ps4 and the pro you you would recommend going for the pro right because that's what you recommended yeah. to me that's what i went and did yeah, so. it's um it's it's about a initially it was like a 10 percent difference and it was like very marginal now there's a fair number of games vr games uh that utilize that difference and i certainly right. noticed the difference switching between the two so i'd say it's about 20 percent difference and it's worth the difference in price the reason I say that in particular is, and if you buy into this ecosystem, it's a little different to the other ecosystems because if you go down the Vive track or the Rift track, what you're getting, right, you could get another, you know, souped up HMD down the road because the box that is your PC, you probably whip some different motherboard or cards in and out of it in the future. Right, but these right. guys, they're going to have to go for a new console before they go for a new headset. So yeah, okay. right. it's Makes a little sense. bit of a shorter road, you know what I mean? Like, so it's interesting, but at the same time, yeah. The beauty, and I, you'll probably see this after a few titles, uh, Mike, is mm. the beauty of PSVR is they know the equipment, they hit their frame rate, they've got the most exacting standards on the QA side. So for quality, yeah, that's true. if I want to play a game and I want to know that I'm going to get it at like perfect frame rate for me, the, you know, the consumer yeah. in my eyeballs, I go on, on that system because it's so nice. It never stutters. That's great. Yeah. I've heard that actually mirroring what you said that the you know Sony are very very strict. Same with Oculus as well about the the, the the bar quality of titles when they get submitted to the store. They have some really thorough testing. You really need to hit the bar when it comes to quality when it comes to submitting games to Sony. Definitely, uh, I agree. So, so what what, so, uh, what happened to the Bravo team uh, bundles? Where are they? Because they were, they were <laughs> apparently because they were they weren't selling. You know, they, they, they should be aware of full of these uh, things. Yeah, it's true. Like they yeah. weren't selling that well. Are they are no. they not on sale? Are they not? Do they just disappear? Are they going to like what they did with the ET floppy disks, where they just buried them and won't bury hole? them? Uh, like like yeah, yeah. ten years from now, they're worth like so much money. Everyone who's yeah. bought those, you know, keep your hands gripped around that game. If you don't, if you haven't even opened it, don't open it. <laughs> yeah, like, invest, you know, invest, just, yeah. keep just it buy like six of them and uh, just, just just bury them in, yeah. in your backyard and then just you know. But the, the thing is, is Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I um, I read about this because it's made by Supermassive Games, right? The the yeah, team that did well uh, Until Dawn. Developer. Yeah, uh, Until Dawn was a great game. I really loved it. I played it with my wife. It was one of the very few games we've ever played together, and uh, we both had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Until Dawn: Rush of Blood on the PSVR awesome. is supposed to be very good, good as well. You got to play that, Mike. Um, I will. I will. It's on my list. Um, but it's just unfortunate, I think, from what I read, there was like a kind of inside scoop from one of the devs that worked on the team. He was kind of a bit anonymous, giving a, a, an interview with a, an outlet. And he was just basically saying that the whole thing was rushed um, and the pressure was on to get the game out. They only had like 18 months development, whereas with Until Dawn, they had like three to four years. Um, 
so the the, the the bar quality was was really significantly lowered and um, it was uh, hampered by the sort of push to make it a realistic shooter rather than a fun yeah. one. Um, and I think that was overall what was the problem with Bravo team was a lot of people yeah. just didn't find it had anything unique about it. It was very generic. I hope it doesn't um, put them off from making VR content though because they are developers that uh, are nice to have in the scene. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so because, like, you need to know that they were working on Bravo Team and they were also working on the Impatient, and the Impatient had pretty good ratings. So I, I think that, yeah, like that maybe maybe Sony told them like, hey, you know, make a game for us, or maybe they they were like, hmm, maybe we should just do this as a side project, and then in the end they, but like it could have been I something think, fun. Like we still haven't seen a Rainbow yeah. type of. Of course, we played like what was it, Break. Siege or something I don't know it was like a an off-road uh, Rainbow Six kind of simulator in VR but I breach it breach yeah, it, yeah, breach it. Um, yeah. but, yeah, but yeah. I, this could have been I was like oh this this can be exciting in the end I don't know just a question yeah. though we've got someone commenting who has played it we have go on go on Radu what's the comments go for yeah, the comment we had uh, someone saying that uh, Valkyrie on PlayStation VR at launch uh, did was uh, a stuttery master uh, I don't know if any of us played that one. Uh, right. There are some people saying right. that there were like some problems with uh, games in PSVR, and it's more more due to the competence of the developer, of course, than it is um, than uh, than it is the power of the console, which I think we all uh, meant as well. It's not because uh, the PlayStation itself yeah. is such a, a great uh, device; it's more because of the strict guidelines that PlayStation PlayStation is setting and the developers that are developing for that platform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah what were you going to say, Zim? I was too focused on comments uh, well, <laughs> out of my yeah. head now. No, like, like, I think none played it. Like, we. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. none of us. Basically, I'm just asking because oftentimes we find ourselves going off the back of comments, yeah, okay. which is, to be honest, a true reflection of the market. Because lots of people will not buy a game because of what their friends said. Yeah. But we're kind of yeah. the pseudo friends for a lot of people. I'd like yeah, okay. to. So and now we need to play it. That's true. We need to test so, it now. For I haven't. I haven't actually played it because. Well, I don't know that uh, the PSVR Frank uh, he played it and he kind of liked it though. He said yeah. it wasn't uh, yeah. it was a little bit over cold like all of the uh, all of the the negative feedback that we was receiving. But I must say, hey, come on, it's a Frank show. The Frank show, come on, Frank show, come on. But yeah. uh, like that, that's um, the thing, you know, like everyone has different opinions and, and maybe like Frank, I'm not sure. I don't really see him playing that much shooters. So it could be that he's like wowed out by something that is still pretty bad. But I think the thing with, with Bravo team as well was that it wasn't necessarily the devs that uh, wanted this to happen. No. You know, it was the investors because th- this game was obviously an invested game and then the investi- the investors yeah, were pressuring yeah. them to, to get it out. And I think that's what I, I got from the interview with the yeah. dev. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame because, you know, if they had given them more time, maybe another year, maybe another two years, it could have been like the best shooter in VR period. But unfortunately, a lot of investors, they just want to see a return on investment <laughs> and they don't understand <laughs> they, the game. They, they want to see well. a new Jumanji game. Exactly. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, move on to our second topic of today, and that is the Vive Pro. So the Vive Pro is out in the wild now, and you can pick one up yourself for $799 for the headset alone. <laughs> $799. 
$199. That's right. You heard it first. Um, so uh, if you own a Vive already and you want to upgrade to the Vive Pro, that's what you're going to have to pay because the Vive Pro doesn't come with controllers or uh, any lighthouses. Um, but these guys have got one. So you were sent one, Nathy. You were sent one, Rowdy. Uh, by HTC because obviously you're covering their content all the time. So rightly so, they should send you uh, the headset. Um, how do you how did you feel like go f- start from the beginning? Like was it easy to set up? Like when you I first got in? Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I took. I, I don't like headphones like this. So I always take them off. Uh, For our audio listeners, like own... um, what Rowdy just showed us was a Vive Pro <laughs> with one earpiece snapped off of it. <laughs> yeah. took me you can remove them, right, Rowdy? Yeah, you can remove that. I didn't like just yeah. drag them off like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Come don't on, need this. Oh, I mean, they, these were easier to get off than than on the deluxe audio strap when like half of the so? people broke. It was it. the same. Yeah, ah, it was the same. Like since you still need to like you need to use like a little screwdriver, uh, like a little cross one, and like. Uh, loosen the the the, uh, the screw there, then take it out, and then it like flips off. But uh, but with the deluxe audio strap, you still have to twist it as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need to do that with this one. They they these just uh, come off rather smoothly. Yeah. So so interestingly, like when you got it out of the box, you've unboxed it. You're like looking at it. It looks like a lovely piece of tech. And did you just plug it in and it worked, or was there any setup? Yeah, procedure that you needed yeah. to go through. I, I just super easy. The only, the only thing that I found a bit strange. I don't know if I still have it here. Wait, let, let Nati say something and I'll yeah. look for it. <laughs> I will say something. So, uh, okay. like, first of all, for $800, like, if I look at the box, it's kind of disappointing. Like, if, if you bought a Vive, you know that you got, like, a big box with foam in there and, you had, like, all the shapes. Oh, and it's very, so it's, it's pretty good, you know? Uh, still not as good as the DK1 case, you know? It never beats any. Uh, but um, the thing is, it's just a like a, a cardboard box and then there's, like, a plastic base in there and, like, the, the headset is sitting on there. I was like, come on, guys, like, why? And I'm not saying that I expect more for $800 because it's it's not really a consumer, like, cardboard package thing. It's more like, hey, you're a developer. Okay, throw these headsets out of the box. Let's go, you know? And it's already, oh, these bugs. Wow, wow. Like, usually I'm like, oh, whoa, nice colors, you know? Um, but then I took it out. Um, I, I checked out because I did an unboxing video. And then I plugged it in and it, it just worked straight away. Yeah. I mean, it just okay. takes over like all the settings and it just, I mean, in the end, it's just a, it's a display, you know, and, uh, yeah. and the settings, Steam VR just syncs it up nicely and, and it worked. I, I had like two little issues uh, when I uh, found mine. And first off, they, they sent me the wrong plug, <laughs> yeah. me, uh, a US plug. Uh, but actually the, the plug is just the same as the one that I have for my previous Vive. So the only thing I did was I changed my link box Um and I just plugged in the, the, the old the old plug that I had. I plugged it in there. Uh, what I do like, the wait, I'll show you the link box maybe. Yeah, show, um, the, show the link box. It has like a nice on and off button now. I don't know if you guys or like if Zim ever noticed that, but I leave my Vive on uh, often. I just forget plugging it out and it's, it stays warm with me. But with this one, I can now actually turn uh, the Vive off completely. Nice. That's nice. Also, it has only only one port. Uh, while the other one had, uh, had I think, three here. So it's, I, I still have, um, I have like a single cable now, like just a single cable, while I used to have like the three glued it together. And then on the back, uh, they removed the HDMI port. So it's only a, a display port now. And then, of course, the power and the USB uh, plug. It's just like, so type, it's it's like type C2 display port, right? 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what uh, what type it is. Uh, and and, they, and like the the reason why they use Display Part now because I I've seen some people asking me about it is because like the uh, you know the Vive Pro higher uses higher resolution and there's more data and Display Part can just transfer that better to your PC and yeah. the way around. So. I, I use da- Display Part with my Vive actually as well, so that was actually not a problem for me. I, I mean, most uh, GPUs have like a Display Part nowadays, right? I mean. If you, if and you, the second, yeah, yeah. the second problem I had was that I thought I broke my controllers, but uh, you just need to pair them again. Oh, <laughs> uh, pair I, them. I, right. Yeah, I, I, I completely forgot how to do that, how to pair a controller, because mine kept on blinking blue, uh, and I was like, uh, "This is not working." I was, I was about to send an email to like, "Your product's not working," but then I realized I just had to like. Uh, pair the controllers. So it was a pibcac error then. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you guys it. know that acronym? It's a beautiful acronym. If you're in tech support, PEBCAC is problem exists between keyboard and chair. Right. That's you. Exactly. Yeah. So um, in terms of performance, how did you find uh, it sort of performs? Have you noticed any sort of like uh, lag or anything like that? Or does games work flawlessly straight out of the box? I, I mean, from from my perspective, I had the feeling it was a little smoother, just just a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe that's just what, me what using my imagination. I'm I'm using a a, a, a TI a 1080, um, and I, I did buy my 1080 Ti a couple of weeks ago, so it could be that it's still like I need to get used to it. Um, but you know, like it's it's like from the inside, it's mainly the resolution that is you know a lot better. You know, you can see more details in a game. Let's say if you see a wall, it's not that. Uh, you, you can really see just just more of the world around you. You know, the, you can enjoy more of it, um, and and like you can see more in the distance. You know, you uh, also interesting. But this is something off road. Is uh, I heard this from VR Gaming Evolved. He said that you can actually uh, uh, change the brightness and the contrast of the Vive with some kind right. of like like in the settings of windows and then you can even make everything look even brighter like you have at the playstation vr you know a little more alive but, yeah um but yeah for me it was so, just, so we used mainly the resolution but it's like uh, i am i am running a, a gtx 980 ti um so my my graphics card is a little bit older i haven't noticed any problems uh, in terms of lack or i also didn't notice it running it smoother um but I haven't tried any like very graphically intense games yet. Like I, I can imagine, I do have. Um, is, it, is it called async or is it uh, is that for Oculus? Um, Asynchronous time warp. It, uh, that's, that's, that's an Oculus. Thing. That's Oculus. I mean the yeah. the Steam uh, Steam variant for that. I have that running though, so it could be that uh, you know that helps it out a little bit with uh, if, in case I would uh, mm. uh, get some frame drops. Uh, but yeah, like Nate said, the resolution is something that I noticed pretty much immediately. Like I I mean I also play a lot with the Vive. Uh, text is a lot clearer. Like Mike mentioned already before, it's uh, you immediately yeah. see it. You can read a lot better. Yeah. Uh, also in the distance, yeah. I think I see less of a screen door effect, which makes sense because there's about a 78% increase in resolution. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you notice it that much indeed when you're already immersed in the game and you're like moving around so much. I don't know if you'll still notice it. I noticed it the most actually when I put my controllers up and I looked at my controllers and they were like really, really sharp. So the, um, yeah. I believe you also have for your Vive the deluxe audio strap. How does yeah. it compare to the new set? It looks quite 
it's kind of quite visually similar, but the new headband, the way it's it, it, it's structured on the head is quite different. Mm. We've heard Mike Quite talk enough. about it a couple of weeks ago, but I'm curious for you being yeah. into the audio side more of things. On the, on the, I'm like throwing everything around here. Can you guys see this uh, properly? Yeah, we can yeah. see this. Yeah. So, at, so, especially on this side, you can see that this one has a lot more padding on the back yeah. of it. See that there? Than this one. Uh, this one is a little bit thinner uh, than the rest. There's also much more weight on the on the back now of it. It feels like it's much more balanced oh, when see. you put it over that. It's not like uh, I also put the VR cover on there. This is not the thing that comes with Ooh. it. Uh, I also don't really know if they're compatible 100%, but I I'm, I just glued it on there and uh, it'll be fine. Oh, that's, that's the, the VR cover from your original yeah, Vive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you actually oh, glue the it on there? No, 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 oh, it's Velcro. Right. Jesus, man. I just get the, get the super glue out. First, I rip off my headphones, then I put glue over on my hands. <laughs> His name's Rowdy after all, you know? And uh, there's like a lot more cable management that is going on. And then also the, the strap, uh, so you, the button on the strap here. Do you find here, those back to be good or are they annoying? These ones are good. I liked it as well. These ones, they're very really comfortable. Nice. Yeah. yeah, they, 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 you know what it is? Like what I like the most is like the side here, like the, the side yeah. here is like kind of yes. flexible and, and so you're moving so much in VR, it kind of like, like moves with your head. So it kind of pushes out or inwards. So if, if, because you move a lot, so the headset goes all over the place, but because like the plastic is a little more like bendable, it's, it's like easier to wear it for longer, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, play sessions. I found it like a, way, it, it cups, like the- cups my little egg <laughs> Rowdy really just, nicely. Rowdy just did like like a stress test on this thing, man. Like <laughs> he's just ripping it apart, I, like I, live I on the show. Rowdy, you know, like the- <laughs> what the heck is that even? What are you is doing? Phone? You need to rip that off to like uh, uh, remove like the headphones. So like on this side, there's like little oh. little pads on here. There's another thing that a lot of people apparently didn't know. Like to, to get access to the uh, to the USB port, uh, which you have as well, or if you jank out the cable, first you need to rip off this cover, yeah? And then you need to kind of like break this part a bit. Like it, it feels really weird to do this. Like you really break it. Like like I thought I broke it when I when it's like, oops, there. And then this thing comes off, yeah? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like there, a live dismantling of a, of a fucking pro. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my base. And then behind there, in, I don't know if you guys can see this properly, but yeah. there, there's a USB Type-C port and this cable as well, which, by the way, if you pull this out and you don't get this off, you almost don't get it back. Yeah, well, like, that's, that's so what I did. I pulled it out without, like, I didn't know I could pull that, that whole, like, piece out, and yeah, then I tried to get it back in, but I... I, but I did I did see like a, 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 a another like USB in there, but it was like so hidden and I knew I could like like pull the face. But the thing is I checked the manual and I, as far as I know, they don't tell you anything about that. Well, so people also, don't know. So taking off the headphones, it's not it's not described in there. I couldn't no. find it. No, I, I know I you I, just you just ripped them off right yeah. <laughs> I knew that the headphones could get get like like because they were removable because it was on their website, but it was also because there was like a little bag in there with little circly thingies and you could like fill those gaps up because if you pull them out you can just fill them up. So it doesn't look that bad. Oh, yeah. I was Uh, about to say that, Nathy, is that like the expose the bear signs don't look so nice. I was wondering if they had caps. Okay. 
Good to, yeah, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they, they do have caps. I didn't find them. Yeah, they do have caps. You threw you, you threw them away when you ripped the box open with your teeth round, you <laughs> crazy maniac. Remember, this is for developers who know what they're talking about, not consumers, right? So, I, I'm uh, curious though, Rowdy, yeah. uh, Nathy, what what are your what are your thoughts? Like uh, for the current price, somebody like me, Rowdy's shaking his head. Don't do it. Nah, I mean, we already discussed this previously on the headset, on, on the podcast. If you want the best of the best, I do agree that, that like if this this is at the moment, there's it is the best there is. I've never tried a headset that you can. Well, I mean, I haven't tried all of the headsets, but you know, from the popular ones, the ones that are currently on the market, I think this is the best thing that I've tried. Yeah, it's comfortable. Uh, the resolution is great. Uh, it works perfectly with the tracking. Uh, it it looks nice. I mean, it, it's it's an all round device, and the price, yeah. I mean, I I, w- I wouldn't pay this much for a headset um, unless it's something really, really novel and really, yeah. really new. Yeah, you know, like like it's like prosumers. That that's true. Um, and and you know, like what I also think is it depends on what you want to do with it. As Rowdy said, if you if you use it a lot, you might consider buying one. You know, if, if you just play a game twice a week, then I don't see a reason for you to buy this. If you are yeah, playing racing sims, if you're flying, if you're uh, do, doing shooting simulators, you might con- want to consider buying also, it if you use yeah, it on a daily basis. I talked to a, to a Lonely Viper, for example. He was really keen on getting one as well because he plays a lot of competitive oh, yeah. onward yeah. and competitive yeah, of course, games yeah. in general. And pretty much all of those people that are doing that are already buying pros just to have like you know that bleeding edge technology uh, and that little bit of yeah, edge of yeah, of course. If you see five uh, pixels more per per centimeter, or whatever, yeah, then it's a big it's deal. A big deal and onward, yeah. Not not that Viper needs it. He could wear a freaking blindfold and it'd <laughs> still true. be amazing. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's, guy, I think it's great if you play a certain genre and you you spend a lot of time in game, like like let's say Elite Dangerous or Assetto Corsa or, or like all those simulator kind of games. Yeah, then yeah, great. But still, like the the Vive Pro means professional. It's it's for the industry. It's for uh, prosumers. Um, but I told most people, like, you know, if you just use it in a, in a casual way, you don't need this. Not it's not going to bring your experience to the next level. I've seen people saying on Reddit, yeah, yeah uh, I'm going to wait uh, 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 with this game. to Like, I'm not going to play it yet because the Vive Pro is going to come out. I'm going to buy the Vive Pro and then I'm going to play it. Like, it's almost a, a new wow moment but um i I got a list here of like positives and some negatives i'm still working on the negatives but the negatives are pretty straightforward but so the positives for me were uh higher resolution uh visuals look way better uh improved head strap ergonomics screen door effect is a lot better nose gasket leaks less light um being able to move in the front and uh moving the screen like this way and like in and out. There's like a button here. It's easier now. You could do that with the with the Vive Classic as well. But you can you see this? I thought that was for many to people for to accommodate glasses, yeah, yeah. right? People that wear glasses. Yeah. yeah. But you can you can move that a little bit around. Uh, um, being able to uh, remove the the headphones and then the negatives are, you know, the IPD. Rowdy can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Is is pretty like restricted. Uh, the Pro has a mm. USB C part, but I think it's like pretty hard to reach at this moment, like based on their manual, because people don't know. <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. there's no headphone jack, so you need to use a wireless headset, as far as I know. Ah, right. Okay, so if you remove the earphones, you have to find uh, a wireless. Or solution. you maybe have a USB like headset, but I don't think people have USB. that. Yeah, you can buy like USB adapter, or like I saw people that wanted to hook up a USB sound card. 
I mean, it's yeah, not an like, ideal solution, but it's like solving an, it's something that HTC, but the thing is HTC wants to focus more on wireless. We all know that the Y gig, the, the, the thing from Intel is going to come out soon and they just want to eliminate as much cables. Like let's say for arcades, if you got an arcade or a development studio, there is almost no cable anymore. No like little uh, uh, audio cable on the deluxe strap that went from one side to another. It's not there. It's just a three in one cable that goes from the back to the side and goes inside the headset. Nothing more, nothing less. And then last but not least, they still use the same cheap foam. And and I I, I think I, I read yeah. where it was like kind of like like some kind of luxurious kind of like material. It's still cheap foam. So VR covers so is working on Vipro covers, by the way. That's a that that's a little scoop, but uh they will save the day once again. Like there, there's like why? Why is it so hard? It's an eight hundred dollar thing. Like yeah. All the all the VR gates are gonna buy their own like other like this this just doesn't it doesn't last doesn't long. cut it right I mean I, oh. if I was if I was in the having purchased the device when I saw that in your unboxing I would have been pissed off to be honest and 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 then also a thing and, and I haven't tested this like I I don't think it's sweat proof and I also don't think it's in their warranty anymore. Like we all know that they were right. playing around with the warranty. I mean, we we heard from yeah. from some of our colleagues that you know, like they they changed it in the warranty where if you sweat too much and you destroy your Vive, you're gonna have a problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, and, and, and also, yeah. don't forget about the shipping. Right. He's well. got a good point here. You just answered. Also, I am uh, I am glad that you um, that you touch upon the IPD because I think that is often overlooked <laughs> and uh, because. I, I did like some research on this as well. Like if you, I found like a survey that they did in 20, 2012 in the US Army and they found uh, that the fifth percentile of males have an IPD of 58 and the 95th percentile has an IPD of 70. So that means that 5% of the population roughly has an IPD of 70 and the other 5% has an IPD roughly of 58. But they put their boundaries at 60 and 74 so they go for the much larger ones. They go much, and then we're not even talking about females because then the, the IPD on the, the fifth percentile is, is at fifty-five. So that's yeah. an even larger portion of people huh. that just won't be able to use the correct settings with their IPD. And I, I mean, I'm in that as well. I don't. I can't have my my. Just a quick recap here uh, for the benefit of people who don't know what IPD is. So it's your interpupillary distance, which yeah. is important in getting the focus in the headset right. And it's actually an adjustment that you can make yeah. on the headset to make things sharpen up. Yeah, the eye space. Now, I mean, yeah. the Vive does have a, a pretty large sweet spot because they're using those Fresnel lenses, of course. So yeah. that that is a, a good thing. But at the same time, I'm thinking like you could have an even bigger uh, um, uh, IPD, a bigger uh, sweet spot if your IPD would be correct. Because I still notice if I look to, yeah. this, to the left or to the right, that you yeah. you know you get like a little bit of like a, a blur there, which is a shame because yeah. but there must be something hardware related I think that they can't do that. Maybe it's that yeah. the, the lenses they can't push them anymore to get together or yeah. something like yeah. that because it makes otherwise it makes no sense at all that they're using an IPD of uh, a minimum of sixty. Mm. Yeah, because the rift rift goes down to fifty eight, right? Yeah, um, and I, and and like you, Rowdy, I have mine jammed. Yeah. as far low as oh, it really? could oh this is an uh, IPD yeah. comparison yeah. I'm like smack at 64 where they tell you I'm that's like the average 64. yeah yeah average. 65 is the average, average. Yeah. what about you Nathan what are you I don't know tell me your IPD <laughs> I think it's like I, I, like I think it's around like 65 yeah yeah 
Feel like this like the worst chat up line in a bar ever. What's your best one, Mike? If they know, you know she's the one. But uh, <laughs> that's true. That is but true. Hey, on, the, on, on the positive side, now you know if if you're a dinosaur or a hammerhead shark, you can also play in VR. <laughs> that is um, very true. Also, uh, before I like forget this point, uh, the God Rays are in a higher resolution uh, too now. So uh, enjoy that. So the God Rays are still there now. I never really bothered the god rays that much but there are people that just hate it so just so you know it's still there um, yeah it's still there yeah the god rays was the biggest shocker for me moving from dk2 and the nice thing is it's not there mm. in psvr no yeah that's true so get a get a get a place of vr instead of a uh, vive pro it's a lot cheaper you can buy buy four PSVRs for my pro. <laughs> uh, but funny, you talked about like um, sim races, sim races, and yeah. like people that do like eValkyrie and that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, out of all the feedback that I got from my like Vive Pro video, it was always people that are into racing sims and that are like pilots yeah. for eValkyrie that they, they just play that game like yeah, nonstop no, because that is their bag. They're like they want to buy this thing, and I get it because they just want the best experience for that one game. Fine, because they they play it like. 40 hours a week or something ridiculous um and i get it so for them it's probably a worthwhile investment but for the average gamer yeah casual gamer well, honestly no. what i would do now is since because it's not out yet and they send a few youtubers a vive focus and some websites or a focus pro i, I keep on like oh, there's so many vibes now <laughs> <laughs> fly vanilla vive pro vive focus beep boop does not compute but uh uh, no, but I, I would just wait and, and see what, what the general reactions are. People still say it's overpriced, but, you know, it's it's a certain target they go for. And I'm sure that the, that the pro will be for consumers later on, or they just come up with another headset that totally meets the expectations of everyone else. Uh, like HTC is throwing this out. They just want to see what it does, if people buy it, who buys it, because they, of course, they want to have some prosumers buying it. It's not that they say it's only... For um, if they wanted to do that, then and it's a great device. I mean, I I really mean it when I said I think that this is at the moment yeah, the yeah. best VR headset. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, and that was pretty much my summary of uh, my thoughts. On it. I thought it was like the best you can buy right now, but I just thought the barrier to entry was way too high. I'm glad um, I canceled. So I think you guys, like, thank you for the feedback. <laughs> Like like Nathy said, I think one day when they have a bundle where it comes with the Lighthouse 2.0 and and better controllers yeah, and everything else, it's going to be so overpriced. That's the thing. Like this this headset, this is only the headset and a link box. Oh We're yeah, not the combo is going to be. Oh yeah, let's get those. Let's what what's that price going to be, lads? So so it's so, but I think like a lot of a lot of companies buy this now, and because they see it as a good investment, and I think they will come up with another Vive that is for the the. It's almost like you you got a Tesla Model X you can buy, and then they 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 also sell a, a Model Three. You know what I mean? Like you have a smaller, and a, we'll see. But it it does throw the ball back at Oculus, like saying, you know, come up with something something new. But maybe Oculus will say, like, you know, you guys can have your fancy headset, and we'll go with the Oculus. Yeah. We'll go with the mass market, you know, the people that can afford a two hundred dollars headset. That's all curiosity, it. Mike, you said did. a lot of E Valkyrie. Did you buy any chance me to lead dangerous? Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm, I don't know my space sims. I am a noob when it comes to Exposed. space simulators. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Elite Dangerous. That's like, what I meant. Realize that game They're both in space, right? Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. So let's just move on. The fact that we'll I'm a noob when it comes to space. Yeah, cut that out. Right. 
Final topic, Ready Player One. So all of us this week have gone to see the movie. Some of us have seen it multiple times. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about some things you should know about the movie that are completely spoiler-free. So don't worry, the first sort of five to ten minutes will be spoiler-free, and then we'll give you some clear warnings to say, right, we're going to get into spoilers now. So stick with us for a little while give a longer. quick example of what that will look um, like on screen. So once we do spoilers, you will actually yeah, see a warning on screen. It's look like this. All right. Like this. Okay. So uh, I just wanted to cover some really basic information first, because like, say for people with families that maybe want to go and see this movie with their kids and everything else, uh, the film is rated as a 12A. So that basically means that if you're 12 or older, you need uh, to be supervised by an adult. Um, the movie itself does have two big swear words in, uh, just, you know, if, if you're like, you really don't want your kids it, exposed yeah. to swear words. Some people are like sensitive True. to this kind of stuff. No, so that's... I thought it was important information to have out there. Um, and also that the movie has some horror elements with blood in it as well. So it depends on, you know, if you're cool with that with your kids, um, then that's fine. It's not necessarily too scary, but it's just one to be aware of that there is these horror elements. There is these swear words be, and it does have I blood think it's going to be pretty scary. I, I yeah, agree. My sister, my sister, because <laughs> uh, she went with me. She at a certain moment it was like really quiet and whole and something happened and she like shrieked. <laughs> that's, wow. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, Zim, you went and saw it with yep. your kids, right? So, uh, did they have any adverse reactions to these parts of the movie, or was it they? Were no, just I mean, like, it? my kids, we, you know, we always believe, and this is this is kind of something I don't broadcast it much because you raise your kids as you want to raise them, kind of thing. But we we're raising adults, you know, course, so like yeah. we're not raising kids. We don't care about swearing around them because I believe that you know, as any human being, if you you know come to have a, a, a you know a normalized version of a, a number of swears in your vocabulary that's totally cool and i'm cool with that with a one-year-old as i am with a 40-year-old so same thing with this i mean we've we've had them watching scary movies since they were both one so it's not like it was like oh my god there's a thing on the screen um so it was perfectly fine for both of them there wasn't a single scene where my daughter's the one who usually kind of goes like you know grabs me a little bit tighter maybe but no yeah, there was yeah. none of that Okay, cool. So, so there you go. Like, you know, there is some elements to it, but just be aware of it. You know, that's, that's, that's what you know, going into it. It's also uh, two and a half hours yeah, long. So long. if you have kids that just won't sit around for two and a half hours, then just be aware it's a My fairly long movie. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, ideal, <laughs> you know, perfect. Um, so you can also see the movie in 3D and 2D. And it's actually one of those rare movies that I would actually recommend you see it in 3d um the 3d really adds an element of depth to it in, in my opinion right. um and, and some of the looks, like if you can incredible. see it on an imax go and see it on an imax yeah. imax 3d yeah, i, I do i do want to say though like i i love 3d as well but let's say if you have been to 3d movies before and you like that 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 slow pace let's say uh hobbit style where you just look at the landscapes everything is like really nice and like in depth like ready play one is a yeah. super fast movie so if you are like if you it watch is. that in 3d whew, well it's pretty let's say it's it's it can be intense for some people yeah, the 3D was yeah. well done though because I, I recently watched uh, Black Panther in 3D and I thought the 3D was awful. It took me like 20 minutes of like you know trying to adjust my eyes just to try to figure it out. I don't know what what kind of 3D that they, they showed me there, but it didn't feel like 3D at all. It just felt like something really I weird. I find and the key for that rowdy is if it's animated, right? If it started on a computer. Then they animate it into 3D. Like I find Avatar, How to Train Your Dragon, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But I've, I've seen, seen I've seen other things as well that were like 
less animated, like, you know, Transformers as well. I, I watched that one in 3D Dread. and uh, I thought it was, uh, a great it was really nice. Which one? Yeah. Dread is a great 3D movie. Gravity. The Judge Dread oh. movie. Gravity. Judge Dread. Those both like super yeah. CGI though, because I would have thought... That but so is Black Panther. Uh, like when Dread, you said Transformers, you meant Dread the human sequences where there's people and you're saying those yeah, were yeah. still the okay. Entire movie, the entire movie. Right. With Black Panther, there's also a lot of CGI, but the entire movie, I was like, oh man, there's, three, there's something weird about yeah. this 3D that I'm not used to. Well, with this movie right. and the Ready Player One, I, I thought the 3D was amazing. I, the moment that I, I put those glasses on, I, I immediately felt it was different. Yeah, but it's also like, I think, let's say if you are a VR enthusiast, then you want to see it in 3D because it also gives you that extra vibe of what you experience usually in VR as well, you know? Like looking at it at a flat screen can yeah. be a little boring then. Um, like like yeah. overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I think I think it's a great movie. It's just that, but it's of course Ready Player One. It's so packed. Like these two hours are still too short. It's like it's like full of like this is one of the fastest movies I've ever watched in my life. Where everything goes flashing by. And it's like oh, but, but, but wait, what did I just? Oh, okay, <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. It's like it's like a, a summarized version of Ready Player One. I would say. It is. And, and the thing is, like, when I walked away, and this is all spoiler three, by the way, um, you know, I thought it could have been three movies, a bit like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. right? I think I they could have broken well. each movie down to, to oh the three my. keys. Oh uh, and that would have made sense. They could have really fleshed it out a bit more. Uh, but same as you, I, I thought it was really enjoyable. Like, I, I'm a really big fan of the book. Like, I've listened to the book and, and read the book numerous times. Um, and I actually found, funnily enough, watching it a second time was way better than my first uh, viewing of the movie. So... You know, I that's an interesting take on I it. I found the, the character development a little bit lacking. Before we go into the details, yeah, no, I'm totally curious agree. what you guys would say about the film, either giving it a rating or, you know, how would you describe it yeah. to a friend? Um, so I would say it's just a highly enjoyable uh, movie for the whole family to enjoy. It's got that Spielberg uh, magic to it. You know, he's got this flair about telling a story and condensing a really complicated story into something that really makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's got some of the most amazingly visual like segments to the movie that you've just never seen anything like it before in your I life. I fully agree with that. Um, fully agree. It's but, not the, but also, uh, it's not like the best I agree with ever seen, but... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. But like, um, like, like Rowdy said, uh, there are some real bits where you feel the character interaction is severely lacking. And we'll dive into a bit more of that, I think, in, in a bit. Um, but I, I would say that if you haven't read the book, um, I would definitely go and check it out, the book. If you don't have time to read books, because I don't really have time to read books, check out the audio book because it's narrated by uh, Will Wheaton. He does a cracking job of uh, narrating the book and he makes it really exciting and interesting to listen to. So uh, check that out. So I think it's and on it's audio, Audible and iTunes. So, so it's easy enough to crack through. It is, it is. And it's, it's, it's great. So if you, if you like the movie and you want more, um, yeah, check want, out the book. You want, you want you the full it. story. Because I and yeah. this, this I don't think this is a spoiler. I'm trying to like think of what I can <laughs> what can't say because I usually I usually don't do like movie reviews. But um, like like you know you have small things that miss in the movie that you like have in the book. Like for example, you know you have the DeLorean. You have seen it in the trailer as well. There's a Ghostbusters logo on the side. I haven't I haven't seen it in the movie. Maybe I missed it out here, but no. I don't think it's on there. 
No, so they're not. like small things, yeah. but also certain characters because you need to know that you need to buy all these characters to put them in the movie. Um, so they they have been kind of because you can write about everything you want, right? In a book, you 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 don't need to pay for that. But yeah. now if you make a movie, yeah. of course, and you want to have let's say uh, this guy in there or that famous character, then you do need to pay for it. Uh, too weird, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought the. Um, there's the scenes in the oasis were actually more compelling than anything that happened outside of the oasis i don't know if you guys felt that as well. like a big difference in like like the cgi is so good like the the, the face yeah. like because the faces kind of look like the same persons that are like outside of in the, like it, it just matches and it doesn't yeah. feel like a bad 3d movie you know we're so no. far into like cgi now where it's like it's yeah. really nice so uh, just a quick question before we move into the spoilers, and uh, this is a question to you all. Do you think this movie will help the VR industry uh, move forward in any way? Uh, that's um, one of the things I actually agree with my wife as we were leaving it. So um, I give my impression of it as well, just on the front. So if I was to give it a number uh, on like a 10-point scale, I'd probably say 7 out of 10. If it was a 20-point scale, I'd say 7.5 out of 10. I think it was a really good roller coaster, as Nathie said. It's fast, um, and it's quite yeah. well detailed. The book side of me was a little bit like, okay, lamenting certain pieces and certain characters who yeah, I think there was a Morpheus course, effect yeah. in there. Uh, I'll describe a little bit later in more detail. But I think overall, yeah. if you're a gamer, whether in the cinema or outside yeah. the cinema, you should see this film. Uh, I felt I agree with you guys. Yeah. The effect was, was, was really solid. Um, for as many as yeah. visual elements were on screen – I didn't find anything wrong with the 3D effect. I thought it was, I, I saw it in, in real D 3D with my whole family. And they actually do have kid sized real D 3D glasses that fit them great, which was, which was great. Um, That'd be great for my small eyes, right? My IPD. <laughs> Me too. I need those. Yeah, oh, they're funny. I'll pull them out in a second. But I do think that overall, I've never seen so much IP and crossover in a single film. It's a really, like, I can't say that I judge this in the same way that I judge like the matrix. It's the first film I've seen composite so many threads together. And I got to take my hat off to Spielberg. He did a great job of turning, as you said, Mike, what is a relatively complicated book in according that down into this package. Yeah. I I was impressed by the, by the efficacy with which he he brought that film, you know, to life. So, I agree with that. Uh, I agree. So, so overall, I think we all agree that we recommend it's the movie to go and check yeah. it out. Um, yeah, yeah, thumbs up from us. You know, all. like from 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 VR industry perspective, we'll have to see what the impact is going to be. I think it will have a, its positive effects, and I'm very proud to say, like, hey, we finally got a VR movie. Like, it does feel like like I'm a, yeah. I'm a part of it, and it feels like it's a part of my life as well in a way. Like this movie, it's like a pretty pretty big step i would say mm. and all the stuff in there as well you know we have seen all kinds of vr gadgets getting used in there from you know uh, let, let's say haptic suits to things you can walk on like that's all gonna happen so i'm like i got even more excited for what i'm actually like waiting for at the moment you know so yeah i think it's I, I hope that people will not only look at the movie in a way where it's like oh they put some goggles on and there's like a world living in there and, and they don't really realize that because that's what I noticed that a lot of people after, because I went to the uh, premiere in in, uh, in the Netherlands, the first like screening there. Mm. And then after the movie, people said to me like, yeah, I, I liked it. I would love like if this could be real and I could be be in the Oasis, like join me. Join me, take my hand. <laughs> yeah. Let's go deeper inside the rabbit hole. I yeah. told one guy who was like a big fan of, of the book. 
And I told him about like VR chat and those guys. He said like, oh my, like you need to come come by at my office and you need to show me because this sounds like, so people don't really know what VR is. So they watch the movie, but they still don't. Like they don't, still don't yeah. get VR. Like it's an actual thing you can buy but, it in a yeah. store, you know? What, what yeah, I, I totally agree. The movie does a great job at, and like regardless of like whether it will have a huge influence on VR, is I think it like highlights the potential of it, and I think that is an important thing that this movie does. That it shows people what is virtual reality. You know, how does it how does it work? Is this something that is popular? What are the things that we can do with this? You know, the, the same with like the the influence that, for example, the holodeck in, in Star Trek has. You know, where so many people are trying to copy that and trying to like build that and something like that. I think that this movie also like it raises again the awareness of virtual reality instead of like that it will really have a significant impact on the amount of sales. But more people will now know what virtual reality is. I think that is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah. And I and I think the movie because it goes into VR, you really get sucked into like VR as well. You know, it's really like you're sitting there like okay let's go let's go into the metaphors you know i i had a very interesting experience because we went to the rest to a restaurant just before going to the film and uh, the lady at the restaurant she's like oh yeah my boyfriend really wants to see that film she's like i'll have to make some excuse so i don't have to see it you know it was that kind of a feeling and then going to the yeah. cinema actually i'd say it was a ton of nerds like and it wasn't even lots it's funny i went to a cinema it wasn't even packed it wasn't even full um i'd say about a third of the cinema was 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 taken up but um this was on this was on release night so i, I got the feeling that you know, the geeks and nerds out there are definitely tuned into it. I don't know how good a job it's, it does of selling this, but I think if someone does happen to see it with a family member or a friend, again, it will bring, it normalizes the concept of virtual reality a little bit. Yeah. So it takes us that step closer to that's going to be an acceptable part of our world. I mean, yeah. feel after like all. My, yeah. Yeah. Like my wife, um, She's not really into like VR. She's not really into technology. She she's like a massive fan of Harry Potter, but she came to see the movie with me because she knows how like important it is to me. But she actually said like she she loved it. She, like she really really enjoyed it as a movie. Um, and that's I think that's a testament to the movie yeah. in itself. And I think like this movie uh, serves like like two audiences. I, I was like watching it with my brother, and there were things in there that he had no clue of because there's so many references. You need to be let's say you don't need to be a geek. Because Steven Spielberg is pretty genius in almost every movie he made. Like yeah. if you if you know a lot about it, about a lot of shit, like in terms of like video games and then and, and movies and all kinds of things, then you're gonna be like, oh, mm, <laughs> you're like. A, but then like someone who doesn't know, like the like, uh, let's just go into the spoilers because I, I okay. Can't, well, I'm, let's, I'm let's, let's, now. Let's, I, I just want to say something here okay. that I can't say. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. we're transitioning into the spoilers yeah. now. You will Woo! see a giant spoiler warning on each of the scenes we're in. Yeah. And this is going to continue it, it, until the end of this episode. Yeah. So if you don't want the, the movie or the book to be spoiled for you, then leave now. Oh, wait, Come back wait, when you've read wait. it or, or seen yeah. the movie. There's nobody watching anymore. No, <laughs> oh, right. Okay. See ya. <laughs> Bye. We'll just hang up. Um, yeah. So, so come back yeah. once you've seen it, um, because you really should go and see it or, or read the book before we we, you, we get into this. But if you've read the book or you've seen the movie, then stick around because we're going to get really deep into the rabbit hole and talk about all the spoilers and how it compares yeah, so. to right now. So we'll give you a few more seconds yeah. to leave. Uh, we we thank you for being part of the show. We, you know, <laughs> we'll be back on our normal schedule next week. We love you very much, uh, but we just yeah. don't want to ruin this movie exactly. for you. So. Yeah. Uh, so, so can I can right. I, I think can I, can I kick it off then? So Slow I was just away. talking about uh, about the fact that this movie is for like two audiences. 
So there are characters in this movie that are sometimes in a scene where they say like, I, I don't know where I am, but they have like a scene from The Shining. They are like in the actual Shining movie. And one of the characters doesn't know where he is and they explain him what it is and where he is. Like that's that's, that's for the that people part. that do not know The Shining, never watched it. Well, I'm, I'm like, oh, I know this place. And, and it takes a while before the other audience. So it switches between two audiences where the other audience will know two minutes in The Shining room where they are. Think, you're right. That was so beautiful. It, it's so nice. And it's happening really well done. You know, where someone says like, hey, I want to have that bike. And then someone's like, what what bike are they talking about? And then they're like explaining it. And like everything is very nicely like. I I was kind of hoping that there would be more of these kind of things in the movie. Like really like, because you have the shining that was really fleshed out. (laughs) But it would have been nice to have seen like other kind of things. But then indeed, like you said, you would need to have three movies instead of just one. (laughs) And I think it's a smarter play to have the one, to be honest. Because think about it. If they'd broken that into three parts, would it have been a box office success? It's a risk. It's a risky thing. But like Mike, Mike posted a few of like the movie posters on his Twitter. There were so many like, we could have gone into Indiana Jones. We could have gone into like Marty with like Back to the Future. Like I like The Shining, but if if we could have picked one, I I, I wouldn't have gone for like The Shining. I, I still like I it. I was like, oh, oh here I, we go. Yeah. No, I thought that they did see. that so well. I thought that they they yeah. the, the, the minutia, the detail that they went to in yeah. that segment was just gorgeous. The way the blood came out of the elevator, my God. Was, Think about that in the VR headset. So well it was amazing. Yeah, so like, was I was, gorgeous. I was, I was just waiting for that. I'm not sure if you guys ever seen like uh, uh, Monsters Incorporated, where they go through doors and they go into different worlds. Like with 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 mm. this movie as well, I was expecting them to run from The Shining, open a door, and then they were in another world and they were just running around like real fast. You know, then you could have some some right, like. Right. But I don't know. Like as I said before, but the movie's so I kind packed. of like like I said, I liked it that they fleshed this out because you had that that character that didn't know. Um, uh, the movie and who clearly also had no idea, uh, clearly also didn't like uh, horror games or horror <laughs> movies. It's like that entire yeah, 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 yeah. so much more funny because, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like that part. I think it's a really good choice. Also later, because uh, all of those uh, those sixes, they also need to go into the Shining to go and try to find like the clue that so they need. They and they're out. all like freaking yeah. out and yeah, like yeah, screaming yeah. and like that was such a good They part, played yeah. on the comedy of this one really so, well. And yeah. I find that like for mm. people, like my wife didn't has never seen The Shining. So she it was really fun yeah. to be yeah. watching the film with someone who had no idea what was about to come. Yeah. So so I I I'm I'm wondering like for you guys like what was your favorite scene? Let's just like kick it out with like Mike. Okay, so um so I, I just to quickly give us some basis like I've read the book. I think Zim's oh, read yeah, the book, right? The audio uh, Rowdy. Book? Yeah. So I, right. I Nate, I, have I you have the, read the, the audio book. No. Okay. Okay, so uh, so so the, my favorite scene out of the whole movie was the race uh, at the beginning. Um, it's a real gear change from the book. It, the book, uh, the way he obtains the copper key is very very different, and it's also a very iconic scene from the book as well. So I was a bit disappointed that the scene from the book because. In the book, if you don't know, uh, there's a, a limerick that he has to solve. And basically, he's stuck on a planet that's covered in schools. And that's basically the reason why people go into the Oasis. It's the main use case. And everyone goes to school in the Oasis. Um, and he's a real low-level avatar. And he can't leave the planet because it costs so much money. 
So he's really into like the the, the egg quest uh, and he's a gunter and he's really into Halliday trivia, um, but he can't leave the planet. So he thinks he's, he's, he's screwed, like he has no chance of being in the contest. But he basically solves the limerick, which is um, the copper key awaits explorers in a tomb filled with horrors. But you have much to learn if you hope to earn a place among the high scorers. He basically figures out that you have much to learn is a reference to the planet that he's on, which is Ludus, the school planet, and that the the Tomb of Horrors is on the planet. So he finds the Tomb of Horrors, he goes in there, and then he has to fight the Lich King at a game of Joust, which is the iconic uh, classic uh, video game, right, where you you ride the ostriches and you have to joust each other. So. Because he's he's played the game so much with his buddy H in H's basement, uh, he always used to play on the left hand side with when he played with H. So when he plays the Lich King, he gets beaten in the first round. But he's like, "Hey, I want to play on the left hand side." So the Lich King swap places, and he managed to beat the Lich King in two consecutive games yeah. afterwards, and wins the Copper Key. Obviously, in the movie, it's this like huge race yeah. scene, right? You, and you've got this like race through New York. I wondered where with, that like, came a from. T-Rex, by the way, uh, King was Kong. Going- I don't think it's this a, was in the book. Uh, like it was like, hang on a second. This is no. but to be honest, it they 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 kept that main spine, that channel, and that surprise. Like seeing all the main characters, seeing the fucking T-Rex, seeing seeing King Kong, yeah. and just seeing yeah. the whole way they, yeah. they revealed like, that to me was so one of the best bits of the movie. Yeah. Um, super fast. So that was like your favorite scene, the 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 one where he was doing the race. Like the, the, race. the, the, the first time he was racing or the second time? Uh, both. They're both. I think the second one is also very know, special. It's very funny how it is. That, it is. Yeah. The way okay. they animated it, it through is. the floor. Yeah. Oh, so nice. Incredible. I was like, Incredible. damn, guys, whoever's your special effects people, like, this is legit. And, and just, just, just to give you a couple of Easter eggs, like if you missed it in the movie, you've got like iconic uh, vehicles in there from like uh, Matt Kwan from Speed Racer, the A-Team van, Mad Max's Interceptor, the red car from the horror movie Christine, the Formula One car from uh, Pole Position, the game. You've got so many references in there. And also obviously Artemis, her motorbike. Her, her, her motorbike is the iconic motorbike from the anime uh, yeah. Akira. Oh, that was um, obvious. So you've got... And tons and of so, so, like Zimbo so was your like favorite favorite. We are scene. we actually already talked about it. The Shining, the Shining. When it switched switch to yeah. the Shining, and I the second the door opens and the blood's flying, yeah. I was just like, yeah, baby. Yeah. Like, did you see that that like movie grain that effect over like the scene, and they were like so bright in that scene, it like all matched together. Where I I almost had the feeling they used like the old scenes from the movie and they put them in there. Well, they were all like like CGI, right? The, the I don't even think they were real. I'd have to watch like, it again. I didn't see that. Still, it looked, still, like CGI like nowadays is so sick. That's, I mean. that's the thing. I mean, the the, be- the beauty of it, right, is when you see CGI now, you know that within like 10 to 20 years, that's what we're going to be having in the headset. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, that, that's what I was like. Give it to me. Like these all these effects, like how, how someone comes alive in front of you as a character. I was like, oh, yeah, please. Um, and, and, and like, Rowdy, what was your like favorite favorite scene yeah just one second like because paradise decay said actually that they featured the jazz characters in the final battle they even turned into eggs when they were hit or killed that's right yeah that's right like the uh the ostriches were in the final battle yeah those people oh, yeah, riding yeah. ostriches with uh jousts yeah there is i think yeah, since, right. since zim already said the the shining uh, i'll pick something else what i what i really liked was actually in the beginning when he logs into the Oasis and, uh, you know, he, he starts to like, you know, starts to search for a friend. I thought it was amazing how that was done, like uh, searching for H. 
And then, uh, you know, he started like hooking up. He got like a, a phone line basically that he could talk to. And you could see H was on Planet Doom, I think Planet it was Doom, called, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, like shooting ass. everyone yeah. and like shooting things and like collecting the coins, that kind of stuff. I thought that scene was freaking awesome because he also got introduced to to H to like the other two. Yeah, show yeah. And I, I don't know how person, the other guys. Like, like, that's yeah. where the first person yeah. was like, you were actually like almost like in the headset playing at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that guy with the cigar yeah. was. Uh, oh, was from, that's from Starcraft, to, uh, to by the way. Starcraft. I, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jim, Jim, from Jim Rayner from Starcraft, so nice. which I think was yeah. freaking awesome how they did that. Like just like the the yeah. the connecting, the, yeah. the finding friends, which we do a lot. For example, I am you guys remember when we played Rec Room? You know, like we tried to find each other, yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff. And then, oh, what are you doing now? I think that was because it was so relatable oh, yeah. to like what an I additional thing around. I think that was on top a, of that awesome because thing. the friend connector is is awesome. I agree with that. The exit. When you get out of the oasis, the way yeah. you disintegrate, <laughs> the, the, like the yeah. little pixels yeah. or whatever it is, that was so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah, but, yeah. as Rowdy said, like so it's just like get... a, almost like an introduction to the oasis, where you where it's like, hey, if you want to ski on a on a pyramid, you can. You know, if you want to, you want to be in yeah. if you want to skydive now, then you know it's fine. Like my favorite, yeah, to the Minecraft just, scene. Yeah, in the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like that was almost like the first thing you see. Like, okay, so I'm now getting bombed with Minecraft in the first few. You know what that is, by minutes, the way. You know? that was that was a piece of the Lord of the Rings, and it's a Minecraft project that's been running for years and years and years. They're trying to make all oh, yeah. of, of yeah. Middle Earth, and there's this giant oh, yeah. thing that you can visit. I've visited it before. It's it's cool. You actually have to take a test to be able to even visit. You have to pass this test to even get onto the server. Crazy. <laughs> wow. So, anyway, so. Nathan, what's yours? So, so go on, Nathan. What was your favorite? So for me, scene? I like I, I want to cheat a bit here because I got two scenes. The, the first one is um, they are tricking the 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 corporation dude. How is he called again? Yeah. Uh, how is what is his name? Uh, Sorrento. Yeah, so Sorrento. so they are tricking him that he's in VR, but he isn't. And then they're like the it's no no he is in VR in his office, but it's like a, a double like layer thing. Basically. Happens. Yeah. yeah. So and then then uh, like he's just sitting in a chair and he has like a pistol on his head and it's like yeah you know you need to and then he's looking like he's, and then they're like sitting in the back like this is just talking and they're, like on the computers that was that's like so funny like he just realizes like but that doesn't make any sense there is no back door and then he takes it off and he's looking like but there's nothing there you know the <laughs> best part of that is when he starts like yeah. feeling on his head like you know, like, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, like in the yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just see him touching the object, and the second one was like also like I think I liked the the, the just the, the mind fox the most, where like that scene happened, but also the one where uh, uh, Parzival got like his first key and he's now very famous, and he goes into that that big book store thing, and then like uh, he's getting dragged by a character. He's like, yeah, you need to hide because you're famous now. You need to be careful, and then he gets dragged into like a hollow wall or something, and no one can see him anymore. Yeah, and then. Okay, how do I explain this, guys? Like, so, so, so basically, like Artemis yeah, yeah. Is, is dressed up as Goro from uh, Mortal Kombat, drags him into this room, and then does like a scene out of Alien where like a chest buster okay. comes out, and she's like, nee, nee, yeah. nee, nee, nee. Um, and it's just a disguise, and she's like, you know, let's let's chuck some Clark Kent glasses on you, and then you can go into a disguise, and then no one will recognize you, yeah, uh, and they can they can search the, the the journals of Halliday together. But if we're if we're talking about like second favorite scenes, like uh, the distracted <laughs> globe was such a great scene. What, what like, is your where third they start, favorite like, scene? Like, yeah. <laughs> the movie. Uh, 
<laughs> but like the, the whole thing was pretty cool but like the distracted scene uh the distra- distracted globe where they're in the nightclub together and then they're sort of doing the uh john travolta Saturday dance night. moves yep. Saturday night yeah. fever stuff oh that was so cool so cool and like just uh, as a little uh easter egg there like uh when uh, they get attacked by the sixes in the distracted globe artemis pulls out a gun and it's actually a pulse rifle yep. from the aliens movie that. that's so freaking cool i love it i oh, love those yeah. little bits yeah um, yeah 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 oh man i we could talk about this for hours like the the last battle at the end it's like all the players just they sacrifice themselves right to like they throw yeah. weapons at them it's like oh, give me that weapon okay give me now this one and they're just throwing it's so cool how everyone like it feels like a shared yeah. movie where everyone works together and the teamwork is like like just splashing off the screen uh, but like i i think it's yeah. it's it's good that we talk about like the yeah the the characters like i i, I just didn't feel the outside world that much like it was kind of no i totally agree i don't know a little boring a little gray a little but was that yeah. intentional know. you know i just that that that's probably where i stand on it was was the intent of the movie to make the outside world seem dull no. because it reflects yeah. what they start the movie off with, yeah. which relates what I'm, yeah. I, I know probably where you're going with this, which is a lot of the characters in the, in the outside world part of the movie, a lot of the stuff from the IOI corporation are pretty deadbeat in terms of the characters themselves. But I actually found if there's any sins the movie makes, I think what it did to H and Artemis was awful. I think they they morphiasized mm. both characters. H is not the person who is has the hots for the main character, like in the book. And Artemis is not as not half as badass. They 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 kicked her off to mm. this kind of side character who swoons over Wade, which was not the way it was in the book. And I would have liked to see a little bit more acidic, um, you know, a little bit sass. more sass there, a little yeah, bit yeah. more prowess. Yeah, just. Just to give that a bit of context, like uh, in the book, they actually fall out. Like the three of them fall out, like Artemis, H, and Parzival. And Parzival, this is after he, they get the first key because they, they all kind of help each other get it in a way. Um, but then because they're all famous, they've all got this money. Parzival kind of, after the stacks get blown up, he like moves to Columbus, buys an apartment, gets all the best gear and basically just locks himself in a room for like the best part of five to six months. Doesn't even talk to the other guys. He's trying to get hold of Artemis, but she's just ignoring yeah, that, him. Like that's the thing, like then um, the movie would have been so much longer because there was so much they had to pack in there. Like I got a great example of, of, of like, because the relationships and the friendships in the real world weren't that great as the ones in, in like VR. And, and one of the examples I have is I didn't really care that much when they blew up his uh, house or his camper where his uh, aunt was living in with his uncle. Of course, the uncle was like the, the douchebag, yeah. but I didn't care. I was like, yeah. it, it blew up. I was like, oh yeah, well, okay. Now his aunt is dead, I guess. So he's going to be angry. Okay, fair enough. But I didn't care that much. And then when the, it wasn't Shoto, but the other guy, how was he called again? The samurai in VR, Daytime. Daytime. when he sacrificed himself, I felt sad. And it's the same for the Iron Giant where I was like, oh no, why? But mm. in real life, with his aunt, I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't feel anything. And usually I'm pretty like the emotional guy, you know? I, I can leave a tear, but... Yeah. So in the book, like, the they do play on the emotional and the real side of it way more. And, like, actually, like, uh, Dato actually yeah, gets murdered like, by IOI they, in the book. They're called show, um, show, They actually go and kill him. Uh, I don't yeah, know why they, they did yeah. that. I guess for character yeah. differentiation or something. I have no idea. But you actually just touched on it, so I don't forget yeah. the... You asked me uh, just before we started, Mike, to say, what's your favorite Easter egg, right? Mine was the Iron Giant Terminator 2 meltdown. It, the, 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 the hand yeah. sinking into the lava was awesome. My wife was like, 
what was that that i was yes. like yeah it was it was the, it was the thumbs up going into the lava yeah. it was great so. Uh, yeah, totally. I just realized. So, that we're totally, yeah, totally true, forgetting yeah. to talk about yeah. the skull guy. Who what, was he even in the book at all? I don't think so. Yeah, so yeah, I Rock is in the book, and he actually plays a bigger part in the book. Like he's actually part of the the, the, totally the group. Like um, initially, in that, because um, H like has this basement right, which is like filled with like trivia and arcade machines, and he invites everyone round. And I Rock is part of one of the characters that comes over, and he's like a he says he's a gunter, but he's like a real douchebag. No one really likes him, um, and he just plays this kind of character on the side. So they're not really friends in the movie, but they're more sort of they know each other better in the book. We got a we got a few comments. Uh, from the chat as well uh, we have uh, Fluke Roji saying the main problem I had with the film was uh, IOI they turned them into pantomime villains yeah, yeah that's true but they were okay uh, and I then, thought they were okay yeah, yeah. they, they were okay like, and PD was the main so, character when he catches Wade up at the end has the gun in his face and he doesn't pull the trigger I was like that wouldn't have happened yeah. the guy would have just blown his head off <laughs> like that's what yeah. would have happened <laughs> yeah. And then the PD yeah. says uh, he has a question for us. What real life item or icon would you like to have if you were in the Oasis? Oh, and an what icon. would it do? Yeah, they had point. some funny. I want the extra life coin. Mm. They had yeah, some funny awesome. items in there, like awesome. the the holy grenade. I think was it from Worms no, no, or no, that's like the grenade of Antioch from uh, no. Monty Python. Yeah, like, like I was waiting. He said, like, yeah, I'm going to use the Holy Grenade. I was, like, waiting for that Worms moment, but it was the Worms. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just uh, just talking about the items, like the one item that I really liked from the movie was the Zemeckis cube, and that was the Rubik's cube, and they call it the Zemeckis cube because it was Zemeckis that made Back to the Future, and in the movie, it rewinded times back to 60 seconds, and then this tune played. Oh. <laughs> And that obviously uh, sent the, the the time back sixty seconds, so they could escape the distracted globe. So that was a really really cool yeah, uh, yeah. item in the movie. So I would I would choose that. I one. was, that was really a cool confused one. by that. So uh, did, definitely was the thing in in the Back to the Future series that they instead of calling it the Rubik's cube, they called it the Zemeckis Zemeckis cube. At the Zemeckis cube. I never yeah, caught yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and also like talking about the extra life because that was your favorite item, Zim. Like uh, in the movie, obviously, he um, Parzival bets the curator that that Kira is referenced uh, only once in in the whole Halliday Journal, and the curator's like, "I'm sure that's not right." And they bet a quarter, they bet some money on it. He gives him a quarter, which yeah. is the extra life. In the book, uh, Parzival actually discovers uh, a Pac-Man arcade machine whilst he's uh, doing his adventures, and. On the arcade machine, there is a quarter like uh, for the next player that would normally be there. Like people put their quarters on there for the next game to secure the next game, and uh, he tries to take it, but it's stuck on the machine. So he's like, "Okay, that's weird." He plays a perfect game of Pac-Man, and then that that quarter slips down and actually falls okay. into his hand, and then he can't he can't look at it, he can't do anything. It's just in his inventory. Um, doesn't even know what it means. Okay, I thought that that's was interesting. Like, by the way, the way they snuck that. In. I, I think that I think yeah. the shop where he went to, where you could buy all the items, was pretty cool, and also the costumes and stuff like that. If I could pick an item that I have seen in in the movie, I would go for Claptrap because I I saw Claptrap in the corner from Borderlands, the robot. Oh, was he? Uh, oh, really? yes, the it? Annoying was. robot yes. from Borderlands. Yes. So annoying. As like a as like a sidekick yeah. for for just a well yeah. would have been so funny. Uh, so yeah. So so one but, thing I didn't like, and this this happened at the very end. Still if I can just. Item. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, go on. Go I on, was Roddy. wondering, like, we're all VR YouTubers, and not a single one of us says, I want the virtual reality system that they're yeah. using in the movie. Yeah. 
That's the <laughs> item that I want. Like, I want that virtual reality, well, well, full body tracking kind of suit with motion, everything. Oh, oh yeah. That's what I want. You want the boot suit? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah was, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know where I'm going. one or something? Yeah, the boot suit, the ZX, the Z1, the X1 boot suit, I think it was called. Like combined with the yeah. treadmill, oh my! Like it's gonna happen within like oh, five or ten so years. Cool. We're gonna have that. When he had the top-down view, when he was doing that little warm-up at the beginning, <laughs> running in all the directions, <laughs> that, that was, was so I, freaking I'm cool. I'm religiously man. against yeah. the fact that they put the Infinite Deck or whatever it was product in the film. Why? Because they make it look good. And having used one, yeah. it does not feel good. Do not buy one right now, okay? It right. feels no. so abnormal. Yeah. Also, like, I, well, well, the main problem I have with that, like, you know, you you do you can walk and stuff, but the things like you don't like like stairs and like you know uphill and There's downhill so and those doesn't work. You need some kind of like other kind of feedback. But anyway, some okay. discussion. So I think we're like running out of time a little bit, and and I'm pretty sure we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> Um, so I just want to sort of narrow it down to one final thought on the movie. Um, so I just want to kick it off with this one final thought of mine. And that was that at the very, very end, they say that, um, they wanted to turn off the Oasis on a Tuesday (laughs) and a Thursday. And I just thought that was ridiculous. (laughs) I would never want that to happen. Um, because the number one use case for the Oasis in the book is that it's an educational, uh, place to go. You know, everyone goes to school there, so it would just be impossible to turn it off on a Tuesday and a Thursday. So it didn't really make much sense in my mind, but that was the one thing I I didn't particularly like. I think the message is pretty powerful in a way in the movie at least no i i thought that message was completely wrong because the thing i got from that now uh, i got a girlfriend now so i'm turning off the oasis tuesday and thursday yeah fuck you all yeah. we don't have girlfriends i do i do understand why they did that maybe yeah i don't know maybe they're like afraid everyone is going to be hooked to vr soon and uh I, it's it's a good message that real life is also very beautiful in a way you know I like when I, when I, Warcraft Rowdy, do you think do you think Rowdy people listen. would be happy if they would turn out those servers off Tuesday and Thursday Rowdy, listen. holy heck Rowdy listen I will I will face you with the biggest challenge ever you could rub Mike's head you know his bald like his nice bald head uh, in real life and do that and feel like everything or you can do it with, with that suit of yours It's it will never be the same <laughs> that connection you feel same. when you when you it's like his his head is almost like an easter egg by itself if you touch it you can feel the energy flowing inside yourself so. it was mo- the, the the egg from the movie was modeled i know like i've seen actually packed. a pillow version as well i think that movie will come out later but yeah uh stay tuned yeah so <laughs> There we have it. Any, anything you want to add oh, to that, Zim? God, I think that, uh, you know, in terms of how the movie ended, uh, it did feel a little bit like a parachute. Like they were kind of like popping a safety parachute to say like, here's a dystopian future. You know, we don't actually think that everyone should be in VR 24 um, seven. The number one thing I'd say for me that I had like bugbear with the film, which is something that my wife only mentioned to me afterwards, which was in one of the trailers was first off, I'll say the massive battle, I wanted to be part of that. It really made my my battlefield blood boil again and say, I need to be doing this in VR on huge scale with like hundreds of players. We have to get there. We have to get there. Please yeah. developers do that yeah. at some point. You know, kumbaya and whatever you need to do it. Just make that happen. Um, but the thing that was really funny was when I mean, you see all the people running down the road with the guns and they're actually the Master Chief or whomever character, it's like, yeah, that's totally unrealistic. Half of them would have been hitting walls and stuff. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, They're so blind. That was, yeah. But I think all in all, just yeah, to totally. sum up my views of the film are, 
I think it was a really, I think it was really a a, a good thing get- to happen at the right time. Um, I know the last kind of even year, I'll say, was a bit of a lull. This is not a bad punctuation mark, but to answer your question, you asked me originally, Mike, which I never actually ended up answering, was is this going to you know push the VR market forward? No, but it's not a bad hurrah. It's a nice little hurrah that just kind of is another punctuation mark on the on the right road. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on, Rady. You've got uh, you've got something to say. Yeah, the, the thing that, that Zim said about like the uh, where they put like the headsets on, they're running around the streets. That is unrealistic at this point, but I do think that at a certain moment we might be it's able a fair to point. do that because it's 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 really strange how our brain works. Like if you do like very small intricate changes to your to what you are seeing, you can actually like guide people into I've certain directions. So I, I do, mm. yeah, I, I've seen experiments mm. doing that as well. It's it's really crazy. And I don't know if we'll ever get there, but it's, I want to rule it well, out. Well, you're, you're referencing, I think of there was a possible. Vive experiment, which I saw, and I think we've seen the same clip, where there was a guy in a space, and they were like, can I fool this player to stay in the same box yeah. by changing the corridors and slightly changing? And they were able to do it successfully. So I think that's that kind of movement system. But you said it actually, Rowdy, is what you wanted from the thing was the headset. This kind of idea of a pass-through like lens where you can see into the full world and you can actually see what the player is seeing through kind of like a reverse screen effect. So someone could look at your face yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah, Oh, he's in awesome. quake right now. Awesome. That is really yeah. cool. I'd love to see a headset yeah. like that. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what, what I felt okay. most by the way at the end cool. is like when they, uh, you know, they, they found all the keys and everything is over and they come together and they meet like the, the brother of like the, the person who invented uh, the VR Oasis uh, it's like, you know, they introduce him. Oh, I, uh, he's like, oh, I know you. You're, uh, oh, what is your real name? Blah, blah. So I kind of felt like we, as as a group as well, we're kind of like the, not not high five because we're with four, high four sounds kind of dull, but, but I did feel like, like soon, like people, like, like we're going to be in VR. And if we keep on doing our YouTube channel stuff as well, and it becomes bigger, maybe you will have that moment where it's like, everyone knows you in VR. And then it's like, but outside, oh, so you're you're that that Navy guy, if, yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. So I kind of I kind of felt that, yeah. I'm like, yeah, this this is gonna happen. Where it's like, hey, Mike, oh, oh, you're that 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 walking pillow, oh, and, I, uh, and this is your real version of you, okay? <laughs> yeah, I hope that does happen. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to round up this week's show with um, something that one of our fans has submitted to us, and that is a riddle for you guys to solve. And uh, maybe if you solve this riddle, then maybe we'll give you give away something. Uh, if you I'll, solve, I'll, I'll figure something out. So, so put them in the this- comments if. Yeah, 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 we will, we will. So this is from Megan Mason. Uh, she's a, a fan of all of ours. Uh, she comments regularly on our stuff and uh, we really appreciate her support. And this is the riddle that she's got. So she says, in the, in the white and wind, four cars lay still. The chase is what encouraged the thrill. Though held behind bars, they are not tribal. A man and a buck wait your arrival. On his person, the ruby key will be and thought and through clenched brown teeth he will proclaim i am free wow. who is she that referring one more time, to Mike? so i thought that was a really yeah sure so in the white and wind four cars lay still the chase is what encouraged the thrill though held behind bars they are not tribal a man and a buck wait your arrival on his person the ruby key will be and through clenched brown teeth, he will proclaim, I am free. 
Wow. So it's a really good that riddle. A really cool he, one. Like, this is the thing, like props to her for coming up with this, because that is like really, really great. That's like movie, movie worthy that right there. So if you can figure it out, then let us know in the comments. We'd love to know your thoughts. And you never know, if you are right and she confirms that you are right, then maybe we'll give something away. Yeah, so keep it. an eye on that in the very also, near future. But I hope you guys enjoyed this more, sort of a bit of a long a few more questions here. Go on then, uh, Ruddy. We had uh, someone asking, uh, Zim, did you use the real Infinity deck? Or was it one of those slippy discs like the Cap? I've used War? a whole bunch of them. Um, don't know. I don't think I've used a branded Infinidec. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Also, we have people saying Planetside 2. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that game, but that would indeed be awesome oh, for yeah. reality. It's like... Uh, I know you guys it. know yeah, it, right? I played it. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Uh, Planetside 2... Um, Maybe when they're running down the street and get to the end, they have to snap turn and run back. <laughs> <laughs> snap turn. 180. Yeah. Oh, who knows? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think okay. that's about it. Yeah, so let's wrap this up. Uh, so as you probably are well aware, it's a weekly AR, VR, and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on the Good Nathies channel. Tune in at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in the UK, 9 a.m. in Central US every Saturday. If you miss the podcast, you can check out the re-upload, which I do every Sunday. Uh, and then you can also check out the audio-only version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, wow. and on SoundCloud. Also, just on a note on the audio-only version, we're using a new bit of software this week, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on whether the audio quality was better this time around or, or did you prefer it before? I'd love to know your thoughts. So thanks again for being part of the show, and uh, yeah, we'll audio see you later. Cheers! Bye. Bye-bye. Audio <laughs>